Northwestern Water and Sewer District, Wilson Tire by Grit, MJ Brown Construction Company, Premier Bank by Morgan Advanced Materials, Financial Design Insurance Agency, Snyder's Flooring Outlet by Ohio Automotive Supply, Seneca Millwork, and by The Ruppy Corporation. Showtime. Hang on, it's time to go to the booth for all the action. Right here on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and online. Let's do it. Hit it. At WBVI.com. Site for a special Saturday night edition of high school football. We have an SBC River matchup with Gibsonburg taking on Tiffin Calvert. Gibsonburg 1-3. They had a tough loss last week against Hopewell Loudon. Calvert 4-0. They rolled last week in a big win over Lakota. This is SBC Football and Classic. It's 96-7 WBVI online through WBVI. Zach Lance Morris, Jimmy Nicholson with you for today's matchup between Gibsonburg and Calvert. And Jimmy, as I kind of alluded to at the end of last night's broadcast, a little bit of unfamiliar territory for you as we get you away from a BBC game for the first time this year. What are some of the things you're looking forward to seeing tonight? Looking to see what the SBC has to offer. I mean, this uh, looks like Calvert's one of the best teams in the league, so interesting to see, you know, um, you know the different styles and see how how other leagues play. You know, I'm, I really am accustomed to the Lancer Valley Conference, but it should be interesting to see. I mean, Hopewell Loudon came into the BBC for a while and, and competed as well, so I'm just, uh, just to see how it stacks up, really. It certainly is going to be an interesting matchup in week number 10. The BBC will, of course, have Liberty Benton Macomb, and the SBC, Calvert Hopewell. And they are both, uh, Hopewell's 5-0, and Calvert it will be 5-0 and if they can get a win tonight. But yes, lots, lots, of, lots of, of course, good things to wait for as the rest of the year goes on. But tonight we have Calvert taking on Gibsonburg. Calvert will kick first. They'll get the ball to start in the second half. Gibsonburg will start with the ball. And head coach Joan Wyant in his fourth year as their head coach, an old-fashioned coach. And by old-fashioned, I mean they love to run that wing tee offense. And they did so very successfully a season ago. Connor Smith, I don't know if you remember hearing his name, was uh, their running back, broke records all across the state, even some, some national records with how well he was able to run the ball last year. And now his younger brother, Grant, is uh, going to be probably their main ball carrier here tonight. Interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I, I like to see wing team. I like to see people run the football. That's uh, I'm old school mentality. That's where I came from. So I, I, I appreciate high school teams running the football. So interesting to see how Gibsonburg does start this game. The Harold Florian funeral kick went through the back of the end zone. So we'll see. Gibsonburg start at the 20 here tonight to get things started here at Frost Cowanow Stadium. Calvert in their home blue uniforms with the gray pants, the silver helmets with the blue on them as well. And Gibsonburg in their road white uniforms, white tops, white bottoms with the orange stripe down the side in their black helmets. So they'll go under center. Will Gibsonburg two backs will go behind Mooney as he goes under center. He'll hand it off right side. Not too much doing. They'll be held to about a gain of maybe about a half yard on first down. Yeah, great job by the Calvert defensive line. It's just knifing through there. It looks like Bagnet, I believe. It's just right in there. 6'4", 260. Looks like a big guy. Some of the Gibsonburgs definitely going to have to put a body on here if they want to control the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Calvert, uh, a lot of beef on both sides of their line, and it's been big parts of their success on both sides of the ball so far yeah, this season. They definitely passed the eye test. You look at that front four for Calvert. Uh, got some big boys up there. Second down and still 10 for Gibsonburg. One receiver left, so send a man slightly in motion as they delay handoff on a little bit of a stretch play to the outside. Not too much doing. They'll get about two, make it third and about seven coming up. 
Yeah, this traditional wing tee is kind of fun to watch. It's hard to find the ball. They're motioning people, moving people around. It's really is hard to find. They got us way up in this box. This beautiful stadium, really far away, but uh, it's really just a great view and a beautiful night. But uh, yeah, I was confused on that play. I thought the guy had the motion got it, and it was snuck it right in there. So, uh, but didn't fool Calvert, that's for sure. The third and eight for Gibsonburg from their own 22-yard line. Still scoreless here. 10:45 left to go. First quarter of action. Have a couple backs behind Mooney. He'll go under center. He'll end up rolling to his left. He'll look to throw. He'll have that one fall incomplete as he was looking for Grant Smith out of the backfield. That'll fall. Bring up a fourth down for the Golden Bears. Yeah, they just faked that sweep to left. Got a rollout. It's hard for those right-handed quarterbacks to get those hips turned around. He had him. I think he would have had enough to get the first out if he would hit him in stride, but just a little bit too far. Um, nice play call on third and long. Kind of caught covered off surprise. And to illustrate how much they rely on their wing T offense and just pure running the ball, Camden Mooney had 12 passes through the first four games coming into today. He has his first. That's going to be a blocked punt. It will be recovered by Calvert eventually, as I thought for a second Carter Wolf was about to scoop and score that one, but it'll end up stopping at about the seven or eight yard line. So that'll set up first and goal now after that blocked punt for Calvert. Yeah, I thought Carter Wolf had a, a scoop and score, but I mean, that's the one time as a coach you're fine with the kids trying to scoop and score that because either way, as long as they don't pick up the ball and run for a first down, Gibsonburg, it's going to be Tiffin Calvert's ball. So really, he's, it was good to go for the glory there. He just mishandled it, but either way, it's still Calvert's ball inside the 10-yard line. Huge play for them. Your first and goal coming up to start off this drive for Calvert. It'll be first and goal from the 8-yard line with 10 and a half minutes to go in this first quarter. See quarterback Harry Schultz in the gun. He'll have two receivers out to his right. Well, backs one behind him, one offset to his left. He'll hand it to Cal Warneman on the little outside run play to the right side, and he will get into the end zone for the touchdown. And Calvert will strike first just under two minutes into this game. Yeah, interesting, interesting play. I mean, they, they got they're in the like short gun with the halfback behind. They give it to the halfback that's right beside the quarterback, and then the guy in back reads him on a sweep. It was kind of a unique play. Um, great blocking up front by Tiffin Calvert as well. Cameron Lucius will go back for the PAT for Calvert. Snap is there, kick is up, and it will be out and to the right. Actually, no good, so it'll stay six to nothing. Calvert with the lead, 10-24. Left to go here, opening corner of action here between Calvert and Gibbsburg. Lance Moore's Jimmy Nixon with you on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com and that's one of the things that uh, Calvert has needed to do really throughout the season because you know they they are like we said they are 4-0 but their first few games they were very back and forth. They only beat Mohawk by two in week one. They needed overtime in week two in that win against Monroe but then a little more decisive in week three in that Norwalk St. Paul win. Then last week just blew out Lakota from the get-go and they had a fast start in that one and could be looking at more of the same so far. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's about the best start you can think of, really. You, you kicked off, you held them to three and out, and you get two or three guys were in there to block that punt. I know that we um, didn't diagnose that punt block, but they, they came in, great start. They must have saw something they liked as a coaching staff to really get some pressure on that that punt block because they, they really had two or three guys. I couldn't even tell which one blocked it. So well, special teams is a big, is a big um Big part of the game and great start for Calvert. Gibson's got to be able to get a, a couple first downs here to, to move the ball. I'd expect him to pass maybe on first or second down here. Squib type kick for 
Calvert and the Herald Florian Affirm kick Grumbach actually ended up being the guy to make the tackle that time for Calvert as they stop Gibsonburg. Looks like about the 23-yard line to get things started here in this first quarter as each team's already had the ball. It took one play for Calvert to score as they got a first and goal after the blocked punt. We'll see what Gibsonburg's able to do with their second time with the ball. I know you, I mean, we talked coming into this, I mean, Gibsonburg was the underdog, not really the start they really needed, you know. If you come, you get three and out, you get that block, punt block. They really have to respond here, you know, to, to a, maybe a bit oversized, overmatch here. They really got to come out here and do something offensively. First and 10 for Gibsonburg from their own 22-yard line as they'll fake the give. Mooney looks to go over the top. That's going to be hauled in. Oh, not hauled in, I think. He actually ended up losing the ball. He was about to get hit out of bounds. I think, no, they're actually going to say somehow had a catch on that, but to correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, did you see the ball pop out? Yeah, well, here's, here's the thing. They did a nice play, actually hit him on the flag route, caught it. I think, I mean... The rest watch as much NFL and college as we do. I mean, he's got two or three steps down, but to me, I didn't think it was a catch, but they called it a catch. He caught it and ran two or three steps, but so, hey, better be lucky than good sometimes. First and 10 now for Gibsonburg after that big first down play. They'll send him in motion into the backfield. They'll hand it off on the dive, and that's a big run for Grant Smith as that'll be first down and a little more. He's going to get into Calvert territory. He'll end up getting stopped. It's like about the 36-yard line. Yeah, great job by Gibsonburg there, running away from the, the wing back and the tight end on the left side. Usually that's where you try to run it in the wing tee to the side with the more blockers, but they ran it back to the weak side with a lead back and you know, picked up a nice game. Good run. First and 10 for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 37-yard line. Calvert the 6-0 lead. Gibsonburg, though, with the ball as we get under 10 minutes left to go here in the first quarter here from Frost Cowdow Stadium in Tiffin. Camden Mooney going under center. They'll end up handing it off on the jet sweep on the far side of the field. Finally going to be brought down as they handed that to Antonio Salazar that time. And they'll end up bringing up about second and looks like six or seven for Gibsonburg. Yeah, just motion them on that jet sweep. That's hard to stop on the, with the handoff even. You see that a lot out of the shotgun. It hits a lot quicker when you get the snap and you can hit it. Um, great play, great jet sweep. But I thought he got a little more than three or four yards, but I think they'll take that on first down. Gibsonburg will. Will be second down and seven for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 34. Two backs behind Mooney. He goes under center. He'll hand it to Smith. Left side dive. Another hole. End up tripping over the turf monster a little bit as he'll be stopped just shy of a first down. Third and short coming up. Smith is a freshman, huh? That's the freshman carrying the ball. That's a big. It is. That's a big freshman. I can tell you that. He does not look like a freshman. 5'9", 180. They got to listen as the fullback. That guy right behind in the wing tee. They call the fullback. I mean, most spectators would think that's a traditional halfback but uh, yeah he looks like a nice runner third down and one now for Gibsonburg they'll hand it again to Smith on another left side dive play didn't get too much but got exactly what he needed to get a Gibsonburg first down yeah it seems like you know a little bit less motion they're just running more straight at him well Smith is hobbled here not great but they had just, it's just a, a lead to the fullback with a lead blocker and it looked like it was working well it's not great for Gibsonburg as you noted, Smith did have to uh, take himself out of the game as he was able to get out of bounds under his own uh, cord, but did have to kind of hobble over to do so. Yeah, it looked like it could have been an ankle. Hopefully they can get him taped up and get him back in there, but I'm not quite sure. First and 10 for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 25 as they'll hand it off left side. Another one to uh, Spencer Wagaman as Wagaman's able to get forward. He'll end up getting about three or four. Uh, that's the same play. I think they've called the same play three or four times, um, three out of four plays there. Is that lead back to the, the weak side, and they, they like what they see there. Obviously, it looks like Calvert's really 
overplaying the tight end in the H-back side, and they're, they're running away from that side. But uh, let's see if Gibsonburg's, uh, you know, new fullback, who came in for him, Salazar, see if he can step up. Is that who's in there for him? Second down and seven from the 22 of Calvert for Gibsonburg. So sending him in motion to the right as they'll end up handing it to him on the dive play, and we'll end around as they finally will bring him down just past the 15-yard line as that time it was Reese Wallaby on the give. Yeah, another freshman. Like you said, freshman all over. Really good-looking freshman that don't look intimidated at all and run the ball hard. Um, uh, this is exactly what Gibsonburg needed. They needed this respond after that shaky start here. Um, great drive, great response from them. First and 10 coming up for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 14-yard line as we get under 7.15 left to go in the first quarter. Calvert the 6-0 lead. They'll hand it off, right side play. That'll be Wigaman. Wigaman able to go forward. Looks like he'll get stopped at about the 10 for a gain of four. Yeah, Wigaman, 215-pound fullback. Real load to bring down. Just the same lead play they've, they've been running. It seems like it's either jet sweep or they're hitting off, off tackle on the, on the weak side. It's not broken. The coaches, we've we seen that in Arlington. They'll just keep calling the same play. So if coaches really like something, they just keep running it. They're not trying to overthink, overanalyze. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried a little play action here. They've ran it so many times in a row. Second down and six now for Gibsonburg. This is the main motion to the left as they will end up giving it. And again, able to bring him down at about the five-yard line. Still another big gain for Gibsonburg. Looks like it be just shy of a first down, bring up a third and one. Yeah, it's nice to have a 215-pound backup fullback there. So Wegman was a nice runner. That's just a trap play inside trap. You run off tackle. It kind of slows down those defensive linemen when you trap them so they don't get upfield too much. Good play call. I like the way that Gibsonburg's really mixing it up. Third and short for Gibsonburg. As well, send him in motion. Once again, they hand it off again. Left side dive play. Won't be a touchdown, but they will have enough for another Gibsonburg first down as we get under six minutes to go here in this first quarter of action. Calvert, the 6-0 lead. Yeah, I would expect more of the same here to Wegman. He's he's a he's a big big kid, big strong. Well, yeah, 5'11", 215. Um, right down here inside the three. I, w I don't think they'd try to get too fancy with it. First and goal now for Gibsonburg. They'll mark it down at the two. Camden Mooney will go under center. They'll end up handing it off left side again for Wegman as he tries to power his way through. Gibsonburg saying it's in, and yes, in fact, they are going to be in for a touchdown. That'll tie this one up with 5.34 to go in the first quarter. Yeah, great job for Gibsonburg. Like I said, it was uh, just another lead play there to to Wegman. That, that's, I mean, he's a big he's a big boy, and, and the linemen are pushing. Everyone's pushing. Everybody's like a rugby scrum here to get him in, and um, Gibsonburg wasn't being denied. So now we'll see Gibsonburg go for a PAT. Owens back for the PAT and almost blocked. I think I hit off the right, upright, and yes, in fact, it did. So each team's missed their PAT so far. We'll remain tied at six apiece here in Tiffin. Yeah, just caught right off the, the upright, the right upright. I had a chance, could have bounced in, but it bounced to the right. 6-6. Six, six. You'd think we'd have um, a lot of field goals here, but two touchdowns and just missed extra points. You know, like go back to the special teams. Like we've, every game we've done, they've been a big part. And, that is part of the special teams. You take it for granted a lot of times. Even at the high school level, it seems like it's automatic, but not tonight. So it could be, could come down to that, the way this, this game started. Again, we're all tied up 6-6 six to six here with 5.34 to go in the first quarter between Calvert and Gibsonburg. And I think, I mean, you talk about special teams. We already saw Calvert block a punt. They got close to blocking that PAT, so that could be one of the things that 
could make or break the, the teams in this one is just these different plays on special teams. Yeah, I mean, also you're coming into this kickoff, kickoff return. If anyone wants to get creative on this, anything the coaches see on film, that a weakness you can see. We've seen a lot of onsides this year in the few games that we've had. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see something here or, or kick returns. We've seen kick returns for touchdowns, so you, you just never know. Um, but I really like that, re that response from Gibsonburg, and they really needed that. And they started it with a pass. I think they got four guys. There he is. I think you got four guys on each side of the kicker. Yeah, they did. It was a nice ball. They got lucky. They got fortunate to call that a catch, which you you still don't think was a catch. But I mean, I I, I, kinda, I, would, I tend I would, to agree with you. I would, I would need to see another replay to, yeah. to know for sure. But at least in real time. <coughs> yeah, same thing. That's the same thing the officials. Five see. It's real time. For that. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. The officials see that in real time too. So I mean, here's a kind of a weird. Okay, almost uh, kind of between a squib and an onside kick, but will be returnable briefly for Calvert. John Schumacher will take that to about, looks like the 38-yard line. So that's where we'll see the Calvert offense get back on the field with five and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. And they'll have to go a little further than they did on their uh, first drive when they started first and goal. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Calvert does here offensively. Like that one play they had from the seven. So see if they can, they can respond and try to get some momentum back here, get this home crowd going. We first and 10 for Calvert from their own 38-yard line. We'll see trips to the right side, one receiver left. Bring back offset to the right of Harry Schultz in the shotgun. He'll take the snap. He'll end up handing it off on the near side on the dive play. Not too much doing for Warnament as he'll get stopped after about two. Yeah, great job up front by Gibsburg, closing up the lanes. He had nowhere to go. Started dancing. That's never good when you're, when you're dancing like that. It makes it a lot easier to bring you down, not going north and south. But good job by the Gibsburg defense there. Sitting down an eight coming up for Calvert from their own 40-yard line. 5.05 left to go here. First quarter of action all tied up 6-6 six six between Calvert and Gibsonburg. Same formation. Trips out to the right side, wide side of the field. One receiver left. Schultz in the gun. He'll drop back. He'll look to throw. As that one's going to be tipped up and eventually will be caught. Carter Wolf, another kind of circus catch up there. Actually, I think they're going to say it'll end up incomplete, but... The fact that he almost even brought that in after how it was tipped near the line of scrimmage, it's crazy enough. Yeah, that was impressive. Like you said, he got tipped in the air. I was looking for a Gibson guy, to, a Gibson brigade to go run underneath it, but he got his hands up there and almost pulled that in. Impressive athletic play from the receiver. Be third down and eight for Calvert. See two receivers out each side this time. Running back to the left of Schultz in the gun. He'll drop and look to throw once again. Steps up in the pocket. He's looking for the heave and just through the arms of Jacob Rombach would have been continuing to run for a touchdown instead brings up fourth down. What a what a throw. What a throw. I, I thought that he out, out threw him the lefty quarterback he really slung that. That's probably at 40, 45 yards in the air. Really had a nice nice air on to run underneath it. Perfect throw. And just right through the hands. Beautiful throw. Now he's got to go punt the ball. Rombach now will go back and punt for Calvert with it being fourth and eight. He'll punt from around the 30-yard line. So round back will boot that one away. Gibbsburg didn't even have anybody back this time as it'll take a Calvert bounce. Will it stay? And does take a nice curve as it'll end up being down. Looks like about the seven-yard line. So you talked about punts last night. I wanted to bring up Jacob Rombach, but I didn't have the time. But Jacob Rombach, he's one of my favorite punters because, I mean, punted that from about the 30, ended up at about the seven. 
I would say totally redeems himself, but I think he's still going to kick himself for dropping that touchdown. True. But, but still, it's nice to pen Gibson Burke down inside the 10, all the way down to the 6. I didn't know it was even that far, so great punt for him. It's a little easier to punt, not to discredit him when you don't have anyone returning it, but yeah, great punt nonetheless. See, it's, it's, not, it's not on him to make them return I agree. It. I agree. See if Gibson Burke can keep it going offensively. First and 10 for Gibsonburg. They'll be backed up at their own seven-yard line with 434 left to go. First quarter all tied up. Six to six between Calvert and Gibsonburg. Camden Mundy will go under center. Two backs behind him. They'll take the snap. He'll hand it on the right side. Dive play. Not much doing. I'm going to bowling gaining one. Looks like Calvert made an adjustment and puts another lineman or two on the opposite side of the tight end. So, I mean, look, look for um, Gibsonburg to run to the outside there towards the tight end and the H-back in the, in the wing tee. Second down and a nine for Gibsonburg. We'll get down to under four minutes by the time this next play is snapped here at Frost County Stadium in Tiffin. Lance Morris, Jimmy Nicholson with you on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI online. WBVI.com 6-6. Currently your score here on the Ropey Corporation scoreboard. Second down and nine for Gibsonburg. Mooney goes under center. They'll end up handing it off. Another sweep play this time as they hand that one off to Reese Walby and they'll end up getting shoved out of bounds and I think he maybe only gained a yard or two. So he was running out of room on the near side. Yeah, third and long is not where Gibsonburg's going to want to be in the wing tee. It's not really set up to be successful here. But last time they did the play action boot on the outside, had the guy in the flats that could have got a run after catch for a first down and see what they do here on a third and long. I would expect a similar type play. Um, but great stand here. By, I mean, it's a field position game here. So, I mean, Calvert's really got to get a stop. Keep him pinned inside the 10-yard line here. Really need to stop right here. So we'll end up being third and ten is actually, we'll say they did lose some yards on that last play as they'll be back at the six-yard line. He'll drop back, he'll look to throw as that's going to be short-armed that time as he was going to get that one out to Wegeman in the flats that time, but it's just falling complete, brings up fourth down, and you, you got to be even more wary if you're Gibsonburg because, you know, Calvert, of course, blocked the punt last time, and this time you're going to be punting at least in some part in the end zone. Yeah, at least I would expect them to be in the back and make sure they're foot to foot on this punt, make sure they're not letting people come through. But, I mean, good job by Mooney to get rid of that ball. I thought for a second he might get safety, end up flung it out there. I thought he made the catch, but it must have hit the turf. Refs had a lot better angle than we did. But Fourth and ten for Gibsonburg. They'll go and punt it away. They are able to get that one off. It will be returnable for Jamison Godfrey about the 40-yard line. So he'll cut it back and spin one twice and still down. And now he'll get taken down just shy of the 25. So that's a little gain of about 14 that time for Godfrey on the return as that'll give Calvert some good starting field position with three and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. All tied up six to six between Calvert and Gibsonburg. Yeah, nice return by Godfrey. Uh, you, hit the, you hit the circle button twice here for you PlayStation fans out there. You don't usually see the double spin move to the left, but hey, it worked every time when I used to play PlayStation and Sega. So he's really using it tonight here on the field. Great field position at the 26. You're kind of dating yourself with Sega, though. <laughs> yeah, I was. I at least had a PlayStation. I'm not that old, man. Well, you, you started I off know, PlayStation, then you went say, to Sega. But it worked so well on Sega. <laughs> Calvert's going to run the ball in first and 10, but Warnemann's going to be stood up. He'll actually end up losing. Looks like a yard. Yeah, it's kind of like Calvert's running in the middle here to suck people up to set up their pass. But um, they're just really not. Credit to Gibsonburg up front. They're really controlling the line of scrimmage. Second down and 11 for Calvert in Gibsonburg territory at the 27. 305 left to go here, first quarter. Two receivers out each side. Saltz in the shotgun, running back to his left, slightly behind him. He'll drop back and look to throw. 
He's going to look across the middle, and it'll just pop in and out of the hands that time of Billy Klaus and fall incomplete. Yeah, great pass by Schultz again. Hit the guy on the cross around. It's a deep, deep drag across the middle. Just a perfect throw, um, just in and out of the hands. Another one the receiver would like to have back. So bring up a third and 11 for Calvert as we get under three minutes left to go here first quarter. I really like Schultz's demeanor there. He didn't have any emotion here. That's two balls he's had dropped, and he hasn't showed really any emotion. Great leadership from him. Receivers out to each side once again. Schultz will drop back and look to throw in third and long. He's looking for it all again for Klaus. And Klaus will bring it in in the corner of the end zone. You see a flag come in at the end of that play. We're going to have to wait and see what the call is, but at least for the time being, it'll be a touchdown. I think it's a, they're calling a push-off on the wide receiver, I believe. They're going to call Klaus with a push-off. Didn't look like much, but it's a flag if they throw it. It's a push-off if they call it. Didn't look like much to me. Perfect ball again from Schultz. Really just kicking themselves. If you're a Calvert fan, you're not happy about that call, but Gibsonburg's going to take it. That now will push Calvert way back. They'll actually be back further than where they were punted the ball. They're going to be all the way back at the 42. Yeah, 15-yard penalty. It's really a drive killer. So now third and 21 for Calvert. They're all the way back at their 42. Some more formation. Two receivers out to each side. Running back offset to the right of Schultz. He'll drop back and look to throw. He'll step up in the pocket again. As that is incomplete. Almost intercepted that time as that was Walby back there in the secondary for Gibsonburg as that brings up fourth down. That risky throw, risky throw from Schultz right over the middle. Gibsonburg safety jumped right in front of it, had it inside out of the hands. I mean, Schultz's ball looks pretty catchable to me, but no one seems to be able to squeeze it and catch it tonight, um, whether you're playing for Gibsonburg or Calvert tonight. But field position battle here nonetheless, and your favorite punter's up. Jacob Brownback will, in fact, go back to punt this one away. Swalby does call for a fair catch, and actually loses the ball. It's going to be picked up, it looks like, by Calvert. Wait for the official signal. Yes, in fact, they do. So thanks in part to the punt from Jacob Romback and the bobble by Walby after calling for the fair catch. That'll be another time where Calvert's going to start with some good field position. It'll be just outside the 10, and it looks like at about the 11-yard line. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Gibsonburg only had one guy back there, and, you know, Rombach put a nice air on it, put it at an angle, put him on the run, and that he dropped it. That was almost like the reverse of what we saw from Arlington last yeah, night. I agree. I agree. It was just like um, Max Dallas dropped last night, but uh, not what Gibsonburg needed right here. Calvert needs to punch this one in from the 10 or 11. They need to get some points. Schultz will drop and look to throw on first down. Has some pressure coming. He's going to be brought down for a big sack. Catch Sutter back there that time as he's able to drop him back, losing about 10 yards, it looks like. I mean, Gibsonburg's defense is like, okay, no problem. You want it here? We'll make a play. We'll make another stop. We'll make another stop. So, I mean, really great job up front by Gibsonburg with the pressure. I don't know if that was the play or they're trying to roll him out to the left side but two Gibson guys had a clean shot I was gonna say it right al at Schultz. it almost looked like it was a screen play just because of how quickly they yeah. got in there and no one blocked the whole left side of the Gibsonburg defensive line and, and they came right through rolling Schultz out to the left as a lefty quarterback I like that but I don't know if uh, the play didn't get called correctly or what it's a kind of a busted play Second down in 21 now for Calvert. They're running a little pitch play on the left side for Romback as Romback's going to run through a defender and get shoved out of bounds at about the five-yard line. So that's a good run from Romback to get him back in position with 1.41 to go in the first quarter. 
That looked that looked like a nice play. Maybe Calvert just needs to run the ball. The, the two times they ran it outside, they scored on the first play, then they ran that. It was a huge chunk of yards there. They had to get at least 10 or 15 yards right there to put them back in position. I thought that was going to be a drive-killing sack, but no problem. Great great pickup. Third and from third and five now from the five for Calvert, just a little bit of room between first down and a touchdown. They'll hand it left side. I'm back, going to get stopped just shy. So he gets out to about the two and see exactly where the spot is. Looks like it's going to be fourth and one now with uh, about a minute and a half to go in the first quarter. I would expect Calvert to go for this. Romback is 6'4". You don't see running backs that are six foot four very often, but he really runs the ball well. I like the way that he is carrying it. 6'4", 182, so I'd expect him to get the ball here on fourth and one because they can get a first down at two, even though they're on the two. So it'll be fourth and one, ball on the three for Calvert. Schultz in the gun, pitch play left side for Romback. Can he get in? Yes, he will. Touchdown, Calvert, with 101 to go in the first quarter. Yeah, that same toss play, they, they've got 15 yards on second down. They just came right back to it, and he is he's a load. He gets his shoulders down, nice hard runner. Love the way he's running the ball tonight. Now I wonder if they go for two here or they just go back to the kicker since, since Gibsonburg missed their extra point and just go up seven. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do here. Looks like they're going to go for two just with uh, having Schultz go back out there. I mean, the extra point didn't look bad. Um, I thought it was in and you told me it was out. I, it, looked, it looked like it was in, so it wasn't like a terrible kick, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but they're going to go for two nonetheless. So Calvert will go for two. They'll have trips to the right side. Schultz will pitch it left side for Warnament, and Warnament will run into the end zone for the two-point conversion. That'll make it 14-6. to six. Calvert with the lead with 101 to go here in the first quarter. Great job. Uncharacteristic. Calvert puts the ball on the left hash. They put three receivers to the right. You think everything's going to go right? I sure did. They do a little quick toss to the left to the short side and just race to the cone. Great play call. Great run by Warnament. And that's one thing kind of similar to Arlington. Yeah. Calvert has two running backs between Romback and Warnament that they're, they're both obviously little different runners, but both can hurt you nonetheless. Yeah, they, they both really run the ball really hard. I'm impressed so far by them, both running backs. I mean, the quarterback has been putting it, Schultz has been putting it right at receivers, but man, it sure seems like they just need to run the ball with those two, a one-two combo. Um, I know everyone loves the spread, everyone needs to throw it around, but sometimes you just need to run the ball and uh, take what the defense is giving you if they're if they got people back because those two are really running the ball hard and it seems like the secondary for Gibsonburg has no interest in backing them from what I've seen if they get to that third line I don't think they're able to really bring those two running backs down so we get set for another Harold three and if you know him kickball stories oldest established you know home serving the area for over 100 years finding the 301 West Tiffin Street in Fall Astoria 101 left to go here First quarter of action, Calvert now a 14-6 lead over Gibsonburg after the touchdown and getting the two-point conversion. Really action-packed first quarter. Not as, not as quick as last night, but lots of, lots of action. So it will take a roll, and that just barely went out of bounds on the kick kickoff that time as it went out of bounds at about the seven-yard line, and that's, that's, that's kind of the risk you take if you're Gibsonburg right there because... If that finds a way to spin back in, either you could get pinned deep or if Calvert's able to close out quickly, it's a live ball. Yeah, Morant, he looked at it. I thought he was going to skip it up, but he, scoop it up, but he didn't. He decided to just let it go, and good decision by them. It was probably a good 10, 15-yard field position change. They get the ball at the 35, so 
good decision, but yeah, like you said, very risky. So it'll be first and 10 for Gibsonburg, ball on their own 35 yard line after the kickoff went out of bounds. Camden Mooney go under center, two backs behind him. They'll hand it off on the outside run on the left side this time to Salazar. They'll end up picking up about three. Yeah, good run, just a, just a lead to the H-back tight end side. Um, nice little gain on first down, but good, good stand by Calvert's defense there. They, they need to get another stop here. It'll be a second down and seven coming up as we're down to 35 seconds to go here in this first quarter. 14 to six lead here for Calvert over Gibsonburg. See one receiver out to the right, a couple backs behind Mooney as he'll go under center. They'll take it, they'll run basically the same play on the opposite side, much more successful that time, is able to run through a defender, Will Zalazar, so he'll get to right about midfield, good enough for a Gibsonburg first down. Yeah, good hard run by Salazar. This is Gibsonburg team has been impressive as well. I know they're trailing 14 to six, but being a one and three football team, they're one of the best one and three football teams I've seen this year for sure. Um, they're really fighting. So I'll go up to the line, but Looks like that'll be all the time we have for the first quarter, and they won't have to adjust the football very much since it was already on at midfield, but that'll go ahead and do it for quarter number one, 14 to six, your score, Calvert the lead over Gibsonburg. We'll step aside for a quick timeout. You're listening to High School Football Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI. Summer sale down is going on at Spitzer Buick GMC in Findlay. The season's best deals on all new and used inventory. The best way to buy a new Buick or GMC or a used vehicle is at Spitzer. All new Buicks and GMCs come with our Spitzer Shield nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty and first year complimentary maintenance. A Spitzer Shield also covers our certified used vehicles with a 172 point inspection and seven year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty. Shop in person on Bright Road or 24-7 online at SpitzerBuickGMC.com. My name is Carrie Malligan with the Harold Floriana Funeral Home. A lot has changed in the recent years, including my father stepping down to enjoy his retirement. But some things remain the same. My husband Tony and I are proud to continue the long-standing family tradition of commitment and pride in this community. We promise to take care of you before, during, and after a death occurs. Stop in today at 301 West Tippin Street to take the worry out of a funeral by pre-planning it with the Harold Floriana Funeral Home. We are here to start quarter number two from Tiffin. Lance Morris, Jimmy Nicks with you on Classic. It's 96-7. Gibsonburg first and 10 from midfield as they'll run a left side handoff. It'll be again to Salazar, his third straight carry, so he'll pick up about four. Yeah, they fake that dive to the right, then pull a lead to the left side. So nice little misdirection there. Good first down play. That's what Gibsonburg's going to need to do with their ground and pound is try to get three or four yards on first down, and that's what they've been able to do. Second down and seven coming up for Gibsonburg, getting into Calvert territory at the 47. One receiver out to the left, couple backs behind Mooney as he goes under center. Wind up handing it off right side on the end around for Wallaby. He's able to get a nice little head of steam going as he'll get brought down at the 44 for a gain of three. Another nice run, very similar play. I think it might have been the same play just the other way. Gibsonburg found something they like, and they, like I said, they'll just keep running it. I, mean, I like the way those other backs have stepped up because I, I did like the way Grant Smith was running it early, but I haven't seen him come back in the game. But they had next man up mentality for Gibsonburg. I really like the way the running backs are running as well. I told you the sun was going to go down right kind of about the start of the second quarter. I was right. <laughs> just wanted to point that out to you. 
We'll be third, third and four from Gibsonburg here from the 44. So they'll do another end around for Mooney. Is able to get two outs uh, just past that first down mark as they get out to the 39. Yeah, another another nice run. Just a lead there. They're just they're really controlling the, the line of scrimmage early. I think Calvert's in like a six-one. I was I, I think maybe they can make an adjustment, get more people at linebacker, maybe get them in space and make it a little bit harder to try to get up to the second level and block them. But that's an adjustment they might have to make it. You know, at halftime here because it looks like they got six down linemen, one linebacker. First and ten for Gibsonburg. They'll run a same end around play for Walby. Won't be as successful this time. It's only get about two. Yeah, I, I won't be surprised if Gibsonburg, you know, comes with a play action here. They've been run, run, run. See if they can, you know, get them sneaking up. But um, I don't know. They have been running it well, but they really need a, a nice little chunk yardage play, you know, to catch them off guard. Second down in eight coming up for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 37. Calvert the 14, six lead, 9:45 left to go here. First half of action. We'll see receiver out to the left. So they will in fact go play action. Mooney across the middle as that is intercepted Jacob Roundback will bring that one in for Calvert he's gonna try and cut it back upfield as he will be still up and moving evades another defender cuts it back left side now finally gonna be brought down at the 30 yard line but that is a big interception for Calvert as Jacob Roundback will take it away for the Senecas yeah they tried the play action off the play they've been running with the lead I thought he had the receiver on the throwback but he forced it down the middle of the field you know, Rombach is everywhere tonight. He's running the ball, he's punting the ball, he's intercepting the ball. He's really, obviously looks like one of the best players on the field tonight. Um, I really think it was just a bad read by the quarterback. I don't know what the play call was. He had the wide receiver on the left um, on the throwback route, but nonetheless, just the spark that Calvert needed here to get going. So they will give Rombach a little breather now. First and 10 for Calvert from their own 30. Two receivers out each side, Warnament in the backfield. Schultz, no pump fake, he'll look to throw as Schumacher almost hauled that one in on the sideline as that was a perfectly placed ball that time by Harry Schultz, but just in and out of the hands of Schumacher. Yeah, it was great coverage by Grant Dawson up the sideline. I didn't see much there. He threw it up, just gave his receiver a chance, and he almost came down with it one-handed on the right with his right hand, and it looked like he had it until it hit the ground and it popped right out. Another, another great throw by Schultz. I still think Calvert needs to just run the ball, but hey, that's why I'm just calling the game, not actually calling the plays for Calvert, but. It's not Thursday night. <laughs> Good point. Second out in 10 for Calvert. They'll go same formation. They will hand it to Ornament this time. He'll cut it back upfield and he'll get brought down after a nice chunk of yard as he'll get out to about the 38 for a gain of eight. So, I mean, not to say you were completely right there, Jimmy, but they they have an incompletion. They go run the ball. Now it's third and short. I agree, but I actually did think Gisbert should go play action and then the last time they threw an interception. So, you know, you never know. But, yeah, I agree. I think running the ball is where it's been at for Calvert. I don't think Gibsonburg has any answer for it. That's why I'd like to see him run it here again on third and short. It wasn't your fault that when he overthrew the guy. <laughs> Schultz will end up handing it off. A little delayed handoff as they get it to Warnament again as he kind of waited for a block to develop. It really didn't, but he did still have plenty for a Calvert first down with 8.36 to go in the first half. Yep, Warnament's coming out. I don't know if he's banged up or tired from carrying it so many times. Well, Rombach's nice to have just Rombach just waiting over there to come in. He's like, oh, I'll go in and carry the ball now. 
I would expect a heavy dose of, of run back here. I just run, run, run here if I'm um, Calvert. First and 10 for Calvert from their own 46-yard line. We'll see receivers out to the left, two to the right as well. They'll end up handing it to Ron back. He's going to be, though, brought down almost immediately in the backfield as Wegeman back there that time for Gibsonburg for the loss of one. Yeah, great job by Wegeman. He really followed the polling guys. Both the left tackle and the left guard pulled on a counter, and he just followed them down exactly how you teach the defensive lineman and made a nice play. They're not supposed to be able to make that play when you're running to the right uh, away from the defensive end, but he did a great job. Second out and 11 for Calvert. Ball on their own 45-yard line lead. 14 to 6, 7.45 left to go first half. Two receivers out to each side. Schultz will drop back and look to throw. Has to avoid some pressure, and he throws it near side. Wolf will bring it in. They'll gain about three on the grab. Yep, I mean, the DBs for Gibsonburg are 10, 10 yards off, so, I mean, they're really trying to keep everything in front of them, and it, he hesitated. It looked like he looked deep, and then he just came back for the little check down, and good job by Gibsonburg keeping it in front and just making the open field tackle. So we'll bring up third down and eight for Calvert. Nearing midfield, just barely on their side of the 50 at the 48. So we'll see a receiver out to the left side and Schumacher. And they've lined up on the right side. Couple backs in there as well. Schultz will pitch that one on the right side. Ron back will get a first down and some more. So finally be stopped. He's got down at about the 30-yard line for a solid gain. That'll be plenty for a Calvert first down. Yeah, I really love when um, Calvert's in that formation and that gun with a halfback behind him and they got a fullback to lead. That toss has been there every time, and it's not just a couple yards. They're getting 10 to 15 yards every time they run that play. I look for him to run to the far side here. Um, on first down the next time. First and 10 now for Calvert. Ball on the Gibsonburg 31, 639 left to go. First half, Calvert the 14 to six lead. Two trips out to the left side, one receiver right. Schultz in the gun. It'll be keeper by design for Schultz as he'll get a little bit of a block as he's going to be stopped just shy of the 20 out to about the 21. Yeah, great job. They spread everybody out. It just left one back there for a lead block for the quarterback. So the quarterback's kind of unaccounted for. If, he, if he's a nice runner, it really gives you an extra blocker and a great run. We haven't seen Schultz run too many times tonight, but it looks like he knows what to do with when he gets his hands on it. Bring up a first down now for Calver, and they'll get it out to the 21, so just outside of the red zone. See a couple receivers out. One receiver to the left, one to the right, as they'll send Schumacher in motion. So they'll give it off to Schumacher on the jet sweep as he's got a bunch of daylight ahead of him. He'll get in the end zone for the Calvert touchdown. 6-0-1 to go in the first half. Yeah, great job. They just jet motion, a little jet sweep. He did a great job. A lot of times those high school kids are really trying to get to the outside. He just put his foot in the ground, got north and south, just like I like my uh, running backs and receivers to do, and then broke a tackle. That, that deep safety for Gibsonburg has been put in a lot of weird positions trying to bring those guys down the open field. And, um, it's really hard to bring these skilled guys for Calvert down in the open field. Calvert will try the PAT traditional this time. There's this one is actually going to be blown dead right before it was going to be snapped. So we've seen not the exact same formation that Arlington's done before, but did it going offside? Looks like though Calvert's content to still try for the just regular yeah, PAT. They, didn't, they got him on the set, got him to jump, and they didn't even want to use it. They don't even want to move the ball. Just going to keep it on the ten, keep everybody comfortable. Kick is up. 
And this time it will be up and through, makes it 21 to six. Calvert with the lead here. The 6.01 left to go in the first half. We'll go heads upside for a quick timeout. We'll be right back here on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI. Due to substantial growth at Morgan Advanced Materials, we're hiring and want you to join our team. If you're looking for a competitive starting wage, Morgan Advanced Materials has production operator positions starting at $19.76 an hour with the potential of up to $23.91 an hour. Join our team at Morgan Advanced Materials located in Fostoria. Call us at 419-360-9751 or head to morganadvancedmaterials.com to launch a career that strives to make this world a better place. NWO has news. We are excited to announce the newest addition to the NWO family. Dr. Ryan Tran is a local who was raised in the area, trained by the Cleveland Clinic, and has returned to his hometown to care for your whole family, just like he does his own. Dr. Tran is now accepting new patients of all ages in our Tiffin office. Make your appointment today to experience the benefits of family care by a hometown professional. There's only one place to go, NWO. 6.01 left to go here. First half of action. Calvert, the 21-6 lead over Gibson. Glance more. Jimmy Nixon with you on Classic Hits. 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com. As Calvert is spread around the wealth on offense as Warnament, Romback, and Schumacher all with touchdowns so far on the night for the Senecas. The Harold Forian funeral kick will be returnable for Gibsonburg. Still up and moving. I believe that was Wagaman back there for the return as he'll get stopped right around the 35-yard line. It's a pretty good run back this time. For Gibsonburg, they'll get their offense back on the field with 5.53 left to go in the first half. Yeah, just a squib kick, and the, the second line gets it and takes away the blockers, but Wickman's a, he's a big boy to, to get that. He just rolls forward and gets the 37. So good job by him. A lot of times you see that middle guy just kind of fall on it, but he picked it up and got, got some yards for Gibsonburg. They really got to get something going. They've lost all momentum here. Um, Calvert's really imposing their will on them. They really got to get some points on this drive. First and 10 for Gibsonburg from their own 37. They'll hand it off left side, dive play. Too much doing, the only game looks like two. Yeah, that was the play they had success with early, but it seems like Calvert's six-man front really um, caused them some problems on that play. And a couple of yards there, but you'd like to get three or four, not two. See if Gibson Burke can get something else going. Maybe, like I said, maybe throw the ball, but careful what I say, and who knows how that will go. But they've really got to get some points on this drive. Second out and nine for Gibsonburg from their own 38. Two backs behind Mooney as he goes under center. Almost movement there on the hard snap and maybe there was movement. So in fact, looks like there was. So we'll give Gibsonburg five yards on the movement up front on the Calvert side. Yeah, I just went on two or a freezer count there and caught Calvert itching over and right over the... As soon as you cross the ball, I believe in high school, it's, it's an offside no matter what. I don't know if you're allowed to get back in high school. I think if you cross it, they're calling it. So I'll make it now second down and three for Gibsonburg. Seems like doing a little check with me with the coach on the sideline to find out if he can see what, what he likes and the, a way to attack this Calvert defense. So we have another time, or another flag could be a false start now though on Gibsonburg, either false start or unless they were able to get a timeout right before that. Yeah, that was a delay of the game. Delay of game is what he called it. That guy saw it, like you said. I don't know. I was gonna say, I guess Gibsonburg did get a timeout because the 
the way the team had you know started walking to the gotcha. sideline. Okay, so the guy on the sideline got it, but the the back judge was calling. He single delay a game, but they gave him a timeout ahead of time. They hate to give back that five yards after you got it on the offside. So second and manageable here for Gibsonburg. 4.46 left to go in the first half of action. 21-6, your score. Calvert lead over Gibsonburg. Timeouts is tonight's are brought to you by Rhoda Rudin. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. Away you go, Troubles. Down the drain, Lance Morris, Jimmy Nicholson here with you on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. We'll see second down and three coming up for Gibsonburg from their own 43-yard line. Yeah, Gibsonburg go down and get some points. Who gets the ball after halftime? Calvert gets the ball God, to start the second half. I, I got it got last game. I, I always count on you for that, Lance. But uh, I was thinking if they go down and get a score and then get the ball back after halftime, but way off. I mean, you had 50-50 shot. <laughs> I, I would like to see Gibson maybe try a screen or maybe some uh, less risky, you know, uh, a pass. See if they can get something like that. I don't know if they have that in Arsenal, but... Uh, It'll be a second down in three for Gibsonburg as Mooney again will kind of look over to the sidelines before this play will actually be snapped. So I'll do a little, looks like, end around for Walby. Well, we've seen that play a handful of times. as That was a big hit on the far side of the field from Calvert. Yeah, great, great hit by a corner. You don't see corners come up and hit like that. Just tried a little jet sweep motion there. The H-back comes on the on the sweep. Like you said, a lot of times those high school coaches will, will rely on their assistants up in, in the press box. They got to look. They can see where the guys are, see where it gives the offense the advantage. And you thought the jet sweep was there, but Calvert came up and made a huge play. Now it's third and two for Gibsonburg from their own 44. Gibsonburg did motion someone else into the backfield. So now there's three backs behind Mooney. Still end up handing it off, right side dive play. I don't think they got enough. I think they only got one, and that looks to be the case from where they've marked it. I would expect Gibsonburg to go for it. Yeah, just a little lead there. But you got horse collar, like just down to the ground, just a head high tackle. You don't see very often just to pull him down. Um, he's a big running back. It's surprising that he went down and he tried to hit him so high, but I think Wagaman got two guys on him and went down. They do the same play, they can get another yard. That's all they need is a yard here. This would be a big stop for Calvert. Fourth and one, Gibsonburg will keep the offense on the field in the 45. It looks like they go quarterback sneak. I don't think they got the yard they needed. So it looks like they're shy based on where they've marked it. Looks like we're gonna get a gonna get a measurement before we can get an official signal. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Calvert's six-man front really covers up everyone down on Gibsonburg. It makes it really hard to QB sneak when you got a guy over the center, the guard, and the tackle. So, I mean, credit them to be in the 6-1 to make sure they can't QB sneak it there. It's a big stand for Calvert. So, will, in fact, be a turnover on downs as Gibsonburg unable to get the fourth and one play to work. So, Calvert will take over in Gibsonburg territory at the 45 with 324 to go in this first half. Calvert with a 21-6 lead. He trips out to the right side, to the wide side, this time for the Senecas. Harry Schultz in the shotgun, running back to his right. He'll fake the give, he'll look to throw, he'll hit Wolf in the flats. Wolf will try and run through the defender, does briefly spin away before he's shoved out of bounds. So he's going to get shoved out of bounds at about the 39. Yeah, just a quick screenplay um, right out to the outside. Does a good job of making that first guy miss, gets six or seven yards. Good play call for Calvert on first down. Gain of about six at that time. Bring up second down and four with 3.16 left to go in this first half of action. Calvert now on the 39-yard line of Gibsonburg. 
See two receivers out to each side this time for Calvert. Schultz in the gun, Warnament to his left. He'll take the snap, he'll end up handing it to Warnament as he's able to spin away from a defender into the open field now as he cuts it back to the far sideline as he gets to the edge and Warnament will get into the end zone for the Calvert touchdown with 3.06 to go in the first half. Yeah, Kloss had a nice tackle down the field too. But just a great run by Warnerman. Just unbelievable. He was wrapped up in the backfield, spun around, got out in the open field, cut to the outside. Just a great run. Really, I mean, I was just about ready to say, if I got a chance that Gibson would really need to get a stop, and really this game's going to get out of hand. Um, for, which was was a competitive half here. Now you look up at the score, it's about to be 28-6 to six here. They can capitalize on this extra point. Is back for the PAT for Calvert. The kick is up, and it is no good off to the right once again. So that'll keep it at 27 to six. Calvert with the lead with 3:06 left to go here in this first half of action. And I mean, again, Jimmy, we're kind of calling for uh, Calvert to, uh, you know, just kind of commit to the run, and they they did just that able to get a touchdown out of it. I mean, when you got Warnament and, and Ron back running the ball, it seems like you just feed them until they're, until they're not hungry anymore. And I think they they both appear to be running very hungrily. But uh, yeah, it's, that was a great run. It really was. I mean, he, he, he did a lot of that himself. I know you tried to give credit to the offensive line, but there was one or two guys in the backfield who spun out and made just a great play. Sometimes you get like the, the DBs kind of stop or linebackers when you think they're wrapped up and he spins out of it and everyone's like, oh, I thought he was down. And then he just... You know, got to the outside as well. Just a great run. I mean, really, with 306, I mean, if Calvert get another stop and another I was score. Gonna say, I mean, especially with, if you're able to limit Gibsonburg's offense the way you have some of these drives. And it, it, as quickly as they're scoring, with three timeouts, I mean, to me, if I'm coaching Calvert, I'm going to make sure we can get a stop here and make sure Gibsonburg goes in the half feeling really bad about themselves. I mean, heck, if you're Calvert, if you are able to get a stop, maybe you then hit them with the play action after you've gone run, 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 and then hit them over the top. Yeah, I mean, Gibsonburg, I mean, really, I mean, if Gibsonburg go down and get a score here before halftime, it'd be huge to keep us to a two-score game, but, I mean, it feels like all the momentum's with Calvert. So do a squib-type kick, type kick returnable for Gibsonburg, and gets stopped. It looks like about the 34 yards. That's where the... Golden Bear offense will get back on the field with three minutes to go in this first half of action. 27-6 is the score. Calvert with the advantage. Yeah, I mean, the opposite could be the same for Gibsonburg here. they got to get a couple first downs to make sure Calvert doesn't get the ball back. And you know, and they got to try to score. So it's a, it's, a, it's a dicey situation here if you're a play caller because you don't want to pass too many times here on these, first, these short downs here. They really want to get that clock moving to make sure Calvert doesn't get it back. First and 10 for Gibsonburg from their own 35. He will go under center. He'll hand it off right side. So he'll get stopped pretty quickly. Looks like only a gain of two. Yeah, with Calvert in that six-man front with one linebacker, those corners for Calvert have done a great job of tackling because they, they kind of serve as an outside linebacker almost when you, when you only have one middle linebacker. So, I mean, I've been just super impressed with their corners and the way they've come up and tackled. The second down looks like about eight coming up for Gibsonburg. 2.32 remaining in the first half. So one receiver out to the right side. One back behind Mooney as there's a couple tight ends on the right as they'll send a man in motion. Walby as they'll hand it to him on the jet sweep as he'll get away from one defender still moving. And it's still going to push the pile forward before he's brought down as he's 
brought down right around that first down marker. Looks like it should be enough. Yeah, as soon as you hit that alignment, they're going to move that chain. I mean, against a six-man front, you have to get outside. I mean, I mean, I think that's what Gibsonburg's trying to do. You got to run toss sweeps. You got to run the jet sweep because they got six guys with their hands in the dirt. I mean, or in the turf in this case here at Tiffin. Yeah, that's that's the way you got to beat a six-one. And uh, if they could just get the, the outside sealed. First and ten for Gibsonburg from the forty-five, as they'll do another end around for Walby. They'll have it on the right side as they'll get stopped. Looks like about the 49 for a gain of four with now 145 left to go. Yeah, Walby's been running hard. He's a freshman also um, for Gibsonburg. But they got the future is bright for Gibsonburg, I'll tell you that. With a lot of freshmen out there, you don't see that many freshmen. Um, if they are playing, they're usually not playing all the skilled positions for your varsity football team. Um, it's uncharacteristic, but uh, they are hard runners. Second down and six for Gibsonburg from their own side of the 50 at the 49. So they'll do another end around. Looks like a little counter action this time as they hand it to Salazar. So he gets spun down after a solid gain as he gets out to the 46. I think that's a sweep to the outside, but he's cutting it up. I mean, hard to blame him with that gain. But I mean, if they could get the outside, they had that receiver only three or four yards away from the tackle to try to seal that, um, that edge. But uh, great run, really, to turn it up put them in a third and manageable here. It'll be third down in one coming up as we get under a minute left to go in this first half, down to 45 seconds now. Just one receiver out right side, two backs behind Mooney as he goes under center. He'll hand it off right side, dive, getting into the open field briefly, will be Wegeman as he's still moving, finally gonna be brought down at the 39 after he gets plenty for the Gibsonburg first down. And I mean, now, now that you're at this far down the field, you gotta now be kind of maybe shifting gears to try and get some points on the board as we now will see the timeout being taken on the Gibsonburg side. That's what I was gonna say. I would expect Gibsonburg to take a timeout, but they got a first down, so they stopped the clock for a second there, and they got a, got a timeout. Like I said, I was surprised when I looked over and it was 47 seconds, and I feel like the last time I looked at the scoreboard, it was three minutes, so when you run, when you run three or four times in a row, and uh, that clock really moves quickly, and like you said, they gotta get some points here down to the 34. I mean, the way both teams have kicked the ball, I will, I don't, it feels like you gotta score a touchdown here or get really close to a field goal. Um, the extra points have not been easy to come by. Well, not only that, I mean, for, for Gibsonburg, with the way they've been primarily running the ball, they're, they've had the one successful pass that they got uh, on the drive that ended up in that touchdown for them. But, I mean, 34 yards, you, you've only got now one timeout left to work with as well. I mean, you got to kind of try and open things up and maybe go for some passes down near the sideline. Yeah, I wonder if Gibsonburg has any more um, offensive sets with some more receivers. They seem like they're sticking to this wing tee, and that's what they do. That's what they're going to do. You know, kind of like an Army-Navy. They're not getting out of it ever. I just was hoping maybe they come up with a couple more receivers. They do have another H back here. First and 10 now for Gibsonburg following the timeout. As looks like they do a little reverse this time, and they get some movement into the open field as getting into the depth and then finally brought down at about the 10. So that's... It's not a pass, but a little bit of a trickery was able to get things going, and now you're down to I'd 25 to seconds. That. I would expect them to spike it, but they're not. Now the clock's running. I thought they'd just be on it for a spike. They're not going to spike. So they will now run up to the line. We're down to 15 seconds to go in the half. So run it left side. Going to be stopped at about the nine. So we'll see a timeout gets taken with nine seconds left to go. That's the final timeout, though for Gibsonburg is your score 27 to six. Calvert the lead, Gibsonburg though, 
chance to add on some points before the half. I don't like that clock management there. I really thought they should have went up and spiked it because they, they, they can't run three or four more plays in 20 seconds. So you didn't need that play. They should have went right on the ball and spiked it and killed it, and they could have saved 10, 15 seconds and still had a timeout. And now they just burned their last timeout with nine seconds. Now they really have to throw the ball into the end zone, you know, because of what, four to five plays, so maybe they got two shots at the end zone, best case scenario, but... It's one of those things that happens quick, it happens quick, but I really would have loved to see him spike that. Well, and now if you're Calvert, you can completely kind of change your alignment to yeah. get more guys in the secondary rather than having everybody at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I would expect him to go to a four-man front, but I don't know. I mean, I won't be surprised if Gibsonburg runs this the way they've been committed to the run games. Like, we're going to run this in, we're going to do what we do and see if they can chunk one off. But like I said, that, that counter... That's a wing T counter. It looks like a reverse. It is kind of a reverse. They hand it to the one back. That is just a traditional counter. That's just how you run it in the wing T. But a uh, nice little trickery. If they could come back to that play, that looked to be wide open. Um, that might be an option here. Got everybody in tight. Second down in six with just nine seconds left to go. Mooney going to go back and look to throw. As that is going to be caught for a touchdown. Grant Dawson brings that one in for a touchdown for Gibsonburg. That's just what Gibsonburg need, needed. They need to go down. Now all of a sudden it's a two-score game. You know, so I mean, I, I Pierce will probably go for two. They just kept that tight end. Everyone was super tight. The receiver's only three or four yards away from the tackle. He's almost like a flex tight end there. Just runs a post. He does a good job almost boxing out the defender. Doesn't let him go in front of him. Good throw um, by Mooney as well. So we'll in fact see Gibsonburg try it for two. Out in the similar formation, receiver now to the left side this time as Mooney will go under center. As he'll end up handing it right side to Walby. He's going to get stood up though, so the two point conversion will fail. That'll make it 27 to 12. Just three seconds remain here in the first half. Within a 15 point game, I'm surprised they didn't try another extra point just to get it to 14, but still two scores. 15 is two scores regardless. You got to look at the positive for Gibsonburg. Great response. Um, like I said, their clock manager was excellent on that drive. Never a doubt. We knew they had a touchdown the whole time. <laughs> do we do we need to roll back the tape of, of what you said? I, don't, we, I know we don't have that available at the like moment. Like I said, they just managed the clock so well. Credit the Gibsonburg coaching staff. But, yeah, they really, they got the job done is what they did. So, I mean, to get some momentum say, going into halftime. A very an instance of better to be lucky sometimes. Yeah. Good. That was a good play call there. They got the timeout. They, they got what they wanted. And, uh, like you said, I think. Calvert was still in that six-man front. They still thought they might run it, too. Otherwise, they could have, you know, had a, a man underneath. Um, but it was just straight man-to-man, -man, even on a one-man route. I don't think anyone else went out for a pass for Gibsonburg. It was a sprint right rollout to him, and they, just a 10-yard out and caught, caught it right at the goal line. It's getting set for another Harold Florian funeral kick. Just three seconds, though, remain. So I imagine you trying to squib it, right? I would think so. I would think so. Just try to get those three seconds burned off, see if they'll pick it up, because I don't think they want to have Calvert run another play as well. I would expect something in the, right just past this front line on the kickoff. Swagman will kick this one away, presumably for Gibsonburg. So he will, in fact, squib it. So it will be returnable for Calvert as they'll try and do what they can, but not much to do it as they'll get stood up at the 20. And that'll, in fact, do it for the first half, 27-12. That will be your score. Calvert with the lead over Gibsonburg. Gibsonburg able to get some points near the end of the half. 
Yeah, great first half, really. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't want to say I'd be disappointed in us, Calvary, but it felt like they just completely dominated that half, and you look up and they're only up two scores. It just feels like they're up three or four scores is what it feels like. It feels like it's like you know, more a 35-7 to 7 kind of game, but it's 27-12. It's to 12. So credit to Gitzenberg for hanging in there, making the plays when they needed to, but, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're able to stop Calvert offensively. Um, but really good half and all in all. Swift now will go ahead step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll have our own and halftime report, and then shortly after that, back to start our second half of action here from Frost County Stadium. In Tiffin, 27-12, your score, Calvert, the lead over Gibsonburg. You've been listening to high school football in Kolaska. It's 96-7, WPBI. Premier Bank has that good vibe banking. Visit a branch to learn how you can earn $200 by opening a new simple checking account and completing simple transactions. Visit yourpremierbank.com slash good vibes to view offer details. Member FDIC. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. Our job since 1945 has been to keep our customers satisfied. Ohio Automotive has experienced staff and sales associates who can help you with our wide range and variety of parts for everything from cars to Class 8 trucks and trailers. Make us your one-stop shop and see why we've been in business so long. Ohio Automotive, your parts expert in Finley at 525 West Main Cross Street. For over 100 years, iron workers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are iron worker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Iron Workers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a $0.25 cent shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. 
from the Ohio News Network. This is the Ohio Education Association Tonight in High School Football. Named best sports program in the country by the National Association of State Radio Networks. Tonight in High School Football is presented by Bex Hybrids. Now here's your host, Skip Mossick. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tonight in High School Football's Halftime Report. This evening we'll talk a little Ohio Valley High School Football with Joey Claypeck, who's covered high school football in that area of the state for years. Joey joins us next on the Ohio News Network. Every farmer has their reason for why they do what they do. For Becks, it's faith, family, and farming. Since 1937, the Beck family and family of employees have been committed to honoring God and helping farmers succeed. Farming is full of extremes, and we face the challenges with hard work and steadfast determination, delivering quality line of products backed by legendary customer service. We look forward to standing by your side, supporting you as you live out the life you were meant to live. Bex, when it comes to farming, we believe in something more. I'm Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro, and on behalf of the OEA's 120,000 members, we're proud to bring you tonight's game. Our members are the public school educators who coach your kids on and off the field because we believe in the potential of every student and their right to a high-quality public education, no exceptions. That's why we will continue to speak in one voice to demand the supports and resources our public schools need because public education matters. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for, together with the OHSAA, are the 339,000 high school sports students in Ohio. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. With more ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment, did you know that 90% of new car buyers want a tried and true AM FM radio option? That's because your local radio stations are reliable, trustworthy, and bring you a local connection that can't be replicated. Not to mention we are free, no subscription or cellular data required. More than 80 million Americans each month depend on AM for their news, weather, and entertainment. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. Are you looking for a fun part-time job? Well, then come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. You can be a part of our local sports coverage. We cover high school football and volleyball in the fall, boys and girls basketball in the winter, along with multiple college and professional sports teams all year long. To apply, send your resume to Lance at WFOB.com. That's L-A-N-C-E at WFOB.com. Come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. 
This is tonight in high school football on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Skip Mossick. We are presented by Beck's Hybrids at Beck's. They are and will remain farmers at heart. And welcome back, everyone. Halftime of your game. We're joined this evening by Joey Claypack from our Steubenville affiliate, 106.3 The River, who's called high school football in the Ohio Valley for years. And Joey, as we hit the midway point of the season, let me ask you about a couple of your area teams. We'll begin with the school that you primarily cover and that's Steubenville. After dropping their opener to a really good Ursuline team, the Big Red have bounced back and run off three in a row. Not that anybody wants to lose, but did that week one setback kind of jumpstart things a little bit? I think so. And if you look at that game, I mean, Ursuline is 4-0 and right now. And if you look at that game, Big Red got down early because they made some mistakes that we're not really used to seeing Big Red make. But they uh, fought through, um, battled back, and even fought through a 90-minute weather delay and came back and only lost that game by a few points. Um, Steubenville Big Red, they're the kind of team, Skip, that everybody likes to watch. They're the team that I always said they're fun to watch. They play very physical. They play very hard. They're well coached. And then I ask Coach Reno all the time, you know, how do you get those kids to play that hard for you? And uh, one of the things he always tells me is that, uh, you know, this group of seniors or this group of big red players, they don't want to be the group that lets the community down or lets the school down. They, they know there's an expectation when it comes to kids who wear the crimson and black and uh, they want to be just as good as the teams that came before them. Also there in Division 4, a team that continues to have pretty good success there is St. Clairsville. Yeah, St. Clairsville. Coach Brett McLean has done a fantastic job in the, what, 22 years, 21 years that he has been at St. C. He did a good job uh, of getting those kids' confidence level back. He got the kids interested again in uh, St. Clairsville football. They're 3-1. and one. Uh, Their only loss came to a 4-0 Canton South team by two points of 42 to 40 and uh, that's just a program that is on the rise and it has been on the rise uh, since he got there uh, another school that takes advantage of the uh, the players they have he builds his system around the personnel and that's as you know skip that's always great for a head coach to do that don't expect kids to change to your system will develop the offense and the defense around the skill set and that's what he does a couple of other area schools off to good starts i know they had a great season a year ago but in d5 rich Edison is 4-0. Yeah, Coach Mike Colopy, uh, he is just a great guy. He's been the baseball coach at Edison High School for a number of years in the head coaching job. The football came open, and he's done a nice job of getting that program turned around. And uh, last year, it was their first 10-0 season ever. The community was sky high and obviously got a pretty tough draw in round one of the playoffs with um, Youngstown Cardinal Mooney, but I think they learned a lot from that uh, opening round playoff loss. Um, they're developing a little tougher attitude, um, and they're playing well. They're, they're playing well, really well. They had to replace a, a four-year starter uh, quarterback, but the young man they have now, Henderson, uh, young man, is doing a great job. He's a, a great passer, good vision. So, yeah, keep an eye on Edison. You're going to hear great things from them as well. A couple of area Division Seven schools off to good start. Steubenville Catholic Central is a perfect 4-0. and And don't forget about Toronto off to a nice 3-1 and start. Steubenville Catholic Central, uh, everybody loves to root for the Crusaders. They had a few down years. Uh, they hired a new coach, Eric Meek, who has been a coach in the Ohio Valley probably close to 30 years and wherever he goes he wins he won at wellsville 
Uh, he was at Toronto. He won there. He won a state championship across the river in Weirton, West Virginia, with Weir High a few years ago. And uh, the AD from Steubenville Catholic Central called him a couple of years ago, and he was ready to get back into coaching. He was actually in the broadcast booth with us for a few years, and he has brought that attitude, that aggressive attitude, back to Steubenville Catholic Central. Four and O starts in Coach Meek's second season, and uh, Toronto, on the other hand, three and one. They're only lost here into a really, really talented Weir High team from Weirton, West Virginia. Uh, they started the season with the junior quarterback, Zeb Kenzie, uh, being recruited by West Virginia as a quarterback, only a junior, uh, and also being recorded by Oklahoma State as a linebacker. Unfortunately, he suffered an injury a couple of weeks ago, and he will be out for the season. Hopefully, he'll be back uh, uh, next year. But Toronto is another one of those teams, you know, Ohio Valley, tough kids, mill worker kids, and uh, Toronto is another squad that uh, they're not afraid to hit you, and they'll do well this year as well. Joey Claypeck, we always love talking Ohio Valley High School football with you. Appreciate your time, okay? All right, buddy, thanks. And we'll be back on the Ohio News Network. Bex recognizes this week's player with heart, Morgan Hall from Joseph Badger High School, for her commitment and passion on the field and within the farming community. It's a really fun team, especially this year with our coaches. And all the players, we all get along really well. It's my favorite sport, the competitiveness of it, and like the environment that especially home games create makes it really exciting. Morgan loves volleyball, but she also enjoys helping out in the community. I help my Nana up at the township park. She's one of the clerks for the township, and she waters all the flowers and stuff. And I go up there, help her pick up the park, water flowers. Her family has instilled in her a love of farming. Being at the farm, it's like peaceful to me. It's like get away from everything, like sports, school, everything. It's just like a place I can be myself and be calm and relaxed. At Bex, we are and will remain farmers at heart. Take five. Who listens to radio? Go where you go, medium called radio. That's with you every night through the long commuter fight. And in the morning with your toast and mama lady Who listens to radio? No matter if it's summer, winter, spring or fall. Who listens to radio? Only one hundred and fifty million. To learn how radio can reach your target market, call 419-435-1430. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy, so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. 
So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at interscholastic athletic events in Ohio. This message presented by the OHSAA and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Our thanks again to Joey Claypeck from our Steubenville affiliate for talking some Ohio Valley High School football with us this evening. Enjoy the second half of your ball game. I'm Skip Mossick on the Ohio News Network. This has been the Ohio Education Association tonight in high school football. Presented by Bex Hybrids from the Ohio News Network. It was the worst airplane trip I'd ever been on in my life. I looked at my boarding pass. They had me in row 187K. 187K. I didn't even realize they made airplanes that big. I mean, economy ended in row 90, so you can imagine the section I was sitting in. Well, I finally got to my seat. What a nightmare. On one side of me, a screaming baby. No adult. Just a screaming baby. On the other side, a fish. A fish, yeah, a real fish. I mean, usually I like to talk to the guy sitting next to me, but this character had no personality at all. Although he did kind of chuckle when the stewardess mentioned that the seat could be used as a flotation device. Anyway, just to show you how rude this guy was, he starts smoking a pipe and fills the whole cabin up with smoke. <laughs> but I got the last laugh when the stewardess came around. He ordered red wine. <laughs> Fish with red wine. Imagine that. You just did. You saw it on the radio. If you're an advertiser, this station and the Radio Advertising Bureau have news for you. Just call the station and say, I saw it on the radio. Are you looking for a fun part-time job? Well, then come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. You can be a part of our local sports coverage. We cover high school football and volleyball in the fall, boys and girls basketball in the winter, along with multiple college and professional sports teams all year long. To apply, send your resume to Lance at WFOB.com. That's L-A-N-C-E at WFOB.com. Come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Ohio needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. With more ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment, did you know that 90% of new car buyers want a tried and true AM FM radio option? That's because your local radio stations are reliable, trustworthy, and bring you a local connection that can't be replicated. Not to mention we are free, no subscription or cellular data required. More than 80 million Americans each month depend on AM for their news, weather, and entertainment. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. The Northwestern Water and Sewer District now has two watersheds in Fostoria to get pure water at a low price. Watersheds are located off of Plaza Drive on the north end of town and our newest location near 4th and Finley Streets. If you don't like the taste of well water, try watershed water. Just bring your own containers and fill up for a quarter a gallon. Try watershed water today. For all locations, go to nwwsd.org. 
Are you thinking about new flooring for your home? Snyder's Floor Covering Outlet in Bettsville is here for you. You can either come to our store or they can bring the samples to you with many new carpet and vinyl styles and colors in stock. Snyder's also offers 12-month financing and no charge measuring and estimates. Call today, 986-5599. That's 986-5599. Stop in and see our newly renovated showroom. Thank you for continuing to support Snyder's Floor Covering. Snyder's Floor Covering. No job too big or too small. Snyder's does it all. At Blanchard Valley Health System, we're looking for individuals to join our family of professionals. We require compassion, dedication, and the desire to make a difference in a fast-paced healthcare environment. Jobs are available in clinical and support services. We offer competitive wages and benefits. The culture of BVHS is unique and rewarding. Visit bvhealthsystem.org backslash careers to search our current openings. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for you. We know what it takes. We've done it all. At Five Star Maintenance and Construction, we built our crew on the foundation of dedication, hard work, and pride. Pride in a job well done that exceeds our clients' expectations and is executed with precision from start to finish. Welcome to Five Star Maintenance and Construction. We have been a leader in the industry of property preservation and construction management in Northwest Ohio. Each division of Five Star has a seasoned team to tackle even the most challenging property preservation and a dedicated on-site property manager for each property. Five Star Maintenance. We know what it takes. Looking for a job with a great company? Ropey Corporation has several positions available. They have general labor positions with a starting pay of $19.41 an hour with a raise after 90 days. There are currently second and third shift positions open. To apply, go to ropey.com and find career opportunities under the company tab. Come work for one of Northwest Ohio's best companies, privately held and family driven. The deals are hot, the inventory is plentiful, and buying a new-to-you car is fun with the guys at Warner Economy Corner. All new inventory is spicing things up on the corner of Blanchard and Blanchard, and there are some unique vehicles to choose from. If it's price, customer service, or inventory, Warner Economy Corner has it all. Visit today for the best deals around. Trade or no trade, we can work with you. Visit Warner Economy Corner today. Saying goodbye to summer is less sad when you realize your favorite fall flavors are here at Bigby Coffee. Celebrate the return of our sweet foam pumpkin cold brew, pumpkin spice latte, and our caramel apple cider. Pair these delicious fall sips with our maple waffle sandwich or pumpkin muffin. Available for a limited time at one of the two Bigby Coffee locations in Findlay, one on Trenton Avenue and one on Tiffin Avenue. Summer sale down is going on at Spitzer Buick GMC in Findlay. The season's best deals on all new and used inventory. The best way to buy a new Buick or GMC or a used vehicle is at Spitzer. All new Buicks and GMCs come with our Spitzer Shield nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty and first year complimentary maintenance. A Spitzer Shield also covers our certified used vehicles with a 172 point inspection and seven year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty. Shop in person on Bright Road or 24-7 online at SpitzerBuickGMC.com. My name is Carrie Malligan with the Harold Floriana Funeral Home. A lot has changed in the recent years, including my father stepping down to enjoy his retirement. But some things remain the same. My husband Tony and I are proud to continue the long-standing family tradition of commitment and pride in this community. 
We promise to take care of you before, during, and after a death occurs. Stop in today at 301 West Tiffin Street to take the worry out of a funeral by pre-planning it with the Harold Floriana Funeral Home. Getting ready to start the second half of action here from Frost Cowhouse Stadium in Tiffin. 27-12 is your score. Calvert the lead over Gibson with Lance Morris, Jimmy Nixon here with you on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com. It was especially early a back and forth game. Calvert started to pull away a little bit, but then Gibsonburg able to get a late touchdown right before the first half came to an end. And Calvert will try to add on to their lead as they will start with the ball here in the second half. And so, Jimmy, what are you kind of looking forward to seeing in the second half? Again, you know, Calvert dominated for the most part, but Gibsonburg kind of started to figure things out near the end of the half. Yeah, I would, I would look for Calvert to, to establish their dominance again here offensively um, and, and go down and get a touchdown here on this first possession. They really need to. Uh, opposite is what Gibson is looking for is uh, try to get a stop, really pull it into one-score game. Like I said before, really felt like Calvert really dominated this first half, and they're only up two scores. So um, good first half none, nonetheless, but uh, I don't know. I, I expect them to run the ball with a two-headed run attack and and really attacked this Gibsonburg defense. It seemed like they were wearing them down, and um, but then that nice drive at the end for Gibsonburg really got a little bit more momentum for them coming into halftime. We are just about ready for our Harold Florian if you know him, kickball story is oldest established in a home serving the area for over 100 years. Find the 301 West Tiffin Street in Faustoria. So it'll be Spencer Wigeman to kick it away for Gibsonburg. It'll be well, squib kick as Calvert will just dive on top of it. Ball does come loose. I do think they were able to get back on top of it. It appears that will be the case as Calvert will start at about 35. Yeah, that took a big old hop. It's like the old school um, NFL onside when they let people start running and doing those things. They kick that, it bounced way up. That one, that's what that did. They tried to squib kick it, bounced way up in the air, and the Calvert player just bobbled it for a second, and they're coming fast, and they uh, did a good job of just maintain his composure and getting on it for, for Calvert possession. First and 10 for Calvert from their own 35-yard line. They'll go trips to the left side to the wide side of the field. Schultz in the gun, running back to his left. They'll take it. He'll hand it off. Right side dive play right up the middle as that'll be Warnament on the give. So he's able to get to, looks like about the 41 for a gain of six. Yeah, great first down play. Like I said, I, I would expect um, Warnament and Rombach to just really continue to Assert their will on this Gibsonburg defense. The second and four coming up for Calvert as they get out to the 41 to start off this drive here in the second half. As looks like it'll be similar formation. Trips to the left side, one receiver to the right. Ornament in the, in the left side of the gun with Schultz. Schultz will drop back. He'll look to throw as he'll find Rombach on the near side. First down and some more as he's dragging his defenders where he's finally brought down by a couple Golden Bears. He'll be brought down at the 42-yard line as they'll get into Gibsonburg territory for the Calvert first down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Schultz really got the credit he deserved in that first half. I thought he played an excellent first half. Had some nice passes. They weren't completed, but um, really could have had a big first half, but uh, some of them been holed in, but really good, good job of looking to the right, moving the defense, coming right back to to round back as well, so really good throw. First and send for Calvert as they go to the Gibson side of the field at the 41. We'll see two receivers out to each side with Schultz on the shotgun. He'll fake the give, he'll take it himself. Right side, quarterback keeper by design. Not too much doing as he'll be dropped down way back with forward progress. He'll give him a gain of about two or three. 
Yeah, they faked that dive, then they had success with and they pulled. They like to pull both both guard and tackle. And then I don't think um, Schultz was patient enough. He stayed, stayed right behind them and got in, got in a hurry and tried to get to the outside, and Gibsonburg ha was having nothing to do with that. Just stay behind the big guys if you're the quarterback. That's what, uh, that's what I like to see when I'm calling a run play for a quarterback, for sure. The second down and eight for Calvert as they are in Gibsonburg territory at the 39-10-15 to go. Third quarter, Calvert leads 27-12. See a couple receivers out to each side. Cole backs also with Schultz as they'll run. Pitch play left side for Romback. He's going to get a nice set of steam as he'll get through a few defenders still moving. Finally going to be brought down as he's going to get shoved down at about the 21. That is my favorite play. I mean, they have no answer. Gibsonburg, it just, they're ripping 10 to 15 yards every time on that quick toss to Romback. And he is running angrily. And there is no DB on Gibsonburg that really wants to tackle him. Just an excellent run to the left side to the short side of the field. But great first down play to move the chains. First and 10 coming up for Calvert from the Gibsonburg 26. See tight end on the left side. Also receivers out to each side, but two backs in the backfield with Schultz. Schultz will pitch it again to Romback. Left side play once again. Another hole opens up. He'll get stopped. Looks like about the 12, but that'll be another first down for Calvert on another run from Jacob Romback. Yeah, they're, they're back to that little pistol set, and they got um, Romback and Warnament in the backfield, and like I really love that formation for Calvert, just the same little quick toss out of different formation, but same result, another 12-yard pickup. Um, I won't be surprised if they just keep calling that here, because um, it's getting 12 to 15 yards every time. First and 10 for Calvert from the Gibsonburg 14. They'll go two receivers out to each side, running back to the left of Schultz in the shotgun. He'll take it, he'll hand it off to Warneman. he'll take it the right side, he'll get tripped up. So he's going to get out to, looks like, about the seven-yard line now. So a gain of seven for Warnament. I mean, such weapons Calvert has. I and mean, they could just, you know, I mean, I, I compliment Romback so many times. But, man, Warnament's like, hey, here I am. And he just does a good job of just making one cut, putting that foot in the ground, and gets north and south for eight yards. I mean, they make it look easy. That first guy for Gibson never even has a chance at these two running backs. Second down and three for Calvert from the Gibsonburg seven with nine minutes left to go here in the third quarter. Two receivers out each side. They'll fake the give. They'll look to throw. They'll find it inside as that'll be Klaus with it. As Klaus will get into the end zone for the Calvert touchdown as they go run, 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 and pitch it outside to Klaus. He'll go in for Calvert to extend the lead. Little jailbreak screen where the, his throw to the outside receiver coming inside. The linemen get upfield to get to to get on the linebackers and DBs, and just a great job. You don't see that normally down inside the goal line, but good play call nonetheless, and touchdown just what Calvert needed here to extend this lead. Also did a nice job taking about three minutes off the clock in the process too. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like how many more possessions is Gibson going to get in this in this game? The way they run the ball, if they could put together a drive, they're going to either be their own worst enemy here, you know, turning the clock if they can actually put together a drive here after this. As Calvert will... Go for a two-point try once again. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. The keeper by design for Schultz. He'll walk into the end zone as the Red Sea will part as he walks right in, makes it 35-12 to 12 with under nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, just spread him out with the quarterback ISO right up the middle. Don't see it very often from the three-yard line where they just walk in, but when you spread them out with four receivers, it really makes you have to get people outside the box. So great play call. Five, 12 years scoring. Like we said, that's kind of 
the reverse for each team. I mean, Calvertin wanted to go down the field and score. Gibsonburg wanted to keep them from doing that. And now Gibsonburg is going to have to try and answer because if they don't, then the game's really going to get out of hand for them. That's what I said. It kind of felt like, here you go, Gibsonburg. I mean, this is going to see what kind of team Gibsonburg is. Are they a team that's going to roll over and fold? Hey, we're down, we're down three scores now, more than that, 23. Is it 23 points? Get my uh, junior high math going here. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's not even, it's more than a three-score game. I guess they've got three two-point conversions. But, um, yeah, they really have to get something going. And, like I said, they got to be a little bit urgent. If they, if they get a long drive and chew up this whole quarter, they might not get the ball three times. This will get set for a Aaron Florian funeral home kick because uh, Lucius will be the one to kick this way. Typically, Rombach's been the one that does the kickoffs. Rombach, he deserves a break. He can take a break every now and again. And this is going to be a little uh, little onside type kick. It will be returnable for Gibsonburg, and trying to spin away from a defender will be Luke Foster as the sophomore was able to drag a Calvert defender briefly as they'll get stopped. It looks like just shy of the 40 to about the 38. So that's where we'll see the Gibsonburg offense get back on the field with 8.48 left to go here in this third quarter, 35-12, your score. Well, the good news for Gibson is good field position to 38, so they're not pinned back, so they only got to go you know, 62 yards. So, I mean, they really have to get some points here, try to get some other. feels like all the momentum's on Calvert at home with their fans, so their, their defense. I'm, I'm interested to see if they're going to stick to this six-man front. I mean, I guess the defense was good enough. If your offense is putting up as many points as they are, um, just stick to the six-man front. First and 10 for Gibsonburg from their own 38-yard line. Camden Mooney will go under center. They'll hand it left side dive play as it's going to be a big pile developing. We're ended up the 40-yard line or so for a gain of two or three. Yeah, not much going there. Just like a rugby scrum there just to get a couple yards. Big, good hard run. Just both teams piled up and hard to even tell who had the ball in that, in that situation. Second out and eight coming up for Gibsonburg. Ball in their own 40-yard line with 8.18 left to go third quarter. Swim receiver out right side. Two backs behind Mooney. This will go under center. So will send him in in motion over to the right side. Still run another dive play. This time to the right side as Wigeman gets a nice little hole. So he'll get down to, looks like, just past the 45-yard line for a gain of about five. Yeah, good hard run for Gibsonburg. Like I said, it's... The same thing I talked about, though. They, they, if they're going to do it three or four yards at a time, they're really going to turn this whole third quarter up, and that's not going to be ideal for the situation they're in. It's going to be third and three coming up now with 7.42 left to go in third quarter, right at about smack dab middle uh, between the hash marks, so really can kind of go either way. So we'll see Mooney go under center once again. Two backs behind him, also a tight end will line up out there as well though and it's a Wigeman on the left side or actually they're going to do the end around so they tried to get that one out and not much doing as they get that to Aiden Morant and now end up losing at least a yard or two might have said he got back to the post of the line of scrimmage I think he lost some they just tried to sweep outside like I said you can't give enough credit the, the Schumacher that corner for um, Calvert has been just tackling people like you don't see corners that come up and really put their shoulder in and drive back it's it's uh, the way you teach the kids to tackle, to keep your feet pumping, wrap them up, and he has just been a phenomenal open field tackler tonight. Um, it, that's really what's helping them and able to stay in that six one. When your corners can tackle like that, you really impressive. Offense will stay on the field for Gibsonburg, fourth and three. They have the ball on the 45-yard line. 
They'll go play action. They'll look to throw. As that's going to be caught on the near side by Wagaman as Wagaman will get into Calvert territory, and that'll be enough for a Gibsonburg first down. Yeah, great great play call. They just faked that, booted, booted outside, got that fullback out of the flats there. Little, little waggle to the right, little boot, however you'd like to call it. Good play call. First and ten coming up for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 47. 620 left to go. Third quarter, 35-12 to score Calvert. The lead over Gibsonburg because we're with possession of the ball. Still do a little end around as they hand it again to their big man and getting into the open field. And it looks like he'll break away from the defense. And doing just that will be Aiden Morant to get that one on the board for Gibsonburg. Yeah, that's that same. It's like a reverse counter. Um, in the wing T is, is just a traditional combo. They hand it to the halfback and he hands it back to the other H-back and it's really confusing. It goes back to what I've been saying. When you got six guys down on the line, you, you start moving. You, once you get past that first line, I mean, it's really not very many guys back there um, in the secondary for Calvert. But great play call, great design. Um, good job up front. You got all the flow going one way and, and the running backs going back to the left right up the middle. Good speed by the running back. Give us a try a PAT. Row for two so far on their PATs. And the kick is up. And that one will be up and good as that'll make it now 35 to 19 with 6.03 left to go here in the third quarter. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick timeout. You're listening to High School Football in Kalaskits 96.7 WBBI. My mom always said, if there's dust, then make the most of it. Learn the alphabet. Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show. Don't mind the dust at Morgan Advanced Materials because they're making some pretty cool stuff for some really cool markets. Morgan Advanced Materials makes products that go into space, into the semiconductor industry, and in wind turbines. Now that's pretty cool. Join their team. Apply at MorganAdvancedMaterials.com, where they're making this world a pretty cool place. NWO has news. We are excited to announce the newest addition to the NWO family. Dr. Ryan Tran is a local who was raised in the area, trained by the Cleveland Clinic, and has returned to his hometown to care for your whole family, just like he does his own. Dr. Tran is now accepting new patients of all ages in our Tiffin office. Make your appointment today to experience the benefits of family care by a hometown professional. There's only one place to go. NWO. We are here from Frost Cow now. Stadium 35 to 19 is your score. As Gibsonburg able to march down the field and get a touchdown thanks to a 47-yard run from Aiden Morant. The Harold Florian, if you know him, kick will be returnable for Calvert back at about the 13-yard line. And getting to the edge is going to be Klaus. And he has just two guys to beat as he is going to get into the end zone. Touchdown Calvert on the kick return as Billy Klaus takes it the distance. Wide coming in with the way end of the play, but that's a big run that time from Klaus. Yeah, that, that was like one of the first kickoffs we've seen that's a traditional kickoff. All the other kickoffs have been squibs or little bouncers, and this one, that's why you don't see that many high school ki teams kick it deep because it allows you to set everyone up, and that's what you practice for all week, and you get people moving and, and setting up their blocks right at the perfect time. But I did not see that flag, but you are right. There's a flag back down at the third. It, it didn't get thrown until... He was probably either about to or had already walked in the end zone at that point. That's interesting. Usually. Huh. 
but that's, I mean, regardless, it's a late flag. I was just about ready to talk about special teams in all three phases here. You got to win an offense, defense, and special teams, but I mean, not so fast, as Lee Corso would say. Um, I guess it's coming back. I'm not going to dispute that that could have been the case, but it wasn't thrown until Klaus was like about to be in the end zone. So when, I, when I was looking for a flag down there by the end zone, because sometimes it could be unsportsmanlike if the player spikes it or does something like that, that's where I was looking for the flag. But then we look back to back where, where the initial blocks were. So yeah, like you said, interesting. Maybe he couldn't get the flag out of his, it was stuck in his holster or what? Not quite sure. Well, but even if that was the case, other guy, it was the far official that threw that flag. That flag. Yeah. It was all the way. He was. Back to, he was a back. He was about where Klaus started the run. I mean, Klaus is so fast. He got there in about four seconds. So he had. <laughs> it's a great return. And that's sad that. If he uh, was able to go back. about eighty to five yards in four seconds, I don't think he'd still be <laughs> in high school. <laughs> so after all that, it will be first and ten for Calvert back throwing twenty-five. Another flag will come in at the start of this one. So probably offsides for. Little free play, but Calvert able to make the most of it anyhow for a gain of about eight. Looks like it's probably going to be a legal formation. I don't know if they had enough guys on the line of scrimmage. You can see Calvert coach is very upset. Someone probably needed to be on the line that was not. Be my guess, but another nice run by Calvert. I just like the way their running backs really finish. I like running backs that finish, keep their shoulders down, and fall forward for an extra two yards. So they refer to it as false start, but it must have been legal formation. That's something I feel like you, between you and you and me and me and Matt, I feel like we've talked about that a handful of times. Yeah, it's yeah, because they wouldn't have let him run the play if it was a false start. Right. So regardless, that'll be another penalty against Calvert. Make it first and 15 back at the 20 now for the Senecas. We'll see two receivers on each side. Schultz in the gun. He'll roll to his left. The lefty will look to throw. That's going to be hauled in by Klaus. He'll evade one and two and three defenders and finally going to be brought down as he's going to get a good chunk of those penalty yards back as they'll get out to about the 28. Yeah, Klaus really wants that touchdown back. He's trying to make sure he's getting no one as a receiver. He's refusing to go down. He's bouncing off like a ping pong ball with these DBs for Gibsonburg. Just not wrapping up. Just coming up with the shoulder pads. Not wrapping up like it should. But... Nice first down gain of about seven, eight yards. Second down and seven now for Calvert. Two receivers out on each side again. Schultz in the gun running back to his left. He'll look to throw. He'll find, looks like Godfrey on the near side as he'll try and cut it back upfield. He'll be spun down though that time by Wigeman. Is able to gain a good chunk of yards though as well. Bring up third and about three. Interesting Calvert's throwing it first and second down. I would, I mean, I'd like to see you know, Rombach with the carry here, or Warment, but third and third and four. So I would expect they could they could still run. They could do anything they want here on this short. Will be third and three here for Calvert from the 32. 410 left to go here. Third quarter, 35-19. The score. Calvert lead and with possession. Two receivers out each side. Schultz keeper by design as he'll have a little bit of a hole open up. Looks like he was able to get just enough to get that first down. Need to get to the 35. Got to about the 36. Yep, it, it faked that. It faked that dive to the running back and quarterback keeps it. Um, just, just got just enough. The quarterback knew exactly what he did. Did a good job just getting down, getting the first down, moving the chains. Looks like Calvert's going to be the ball control team here. This possession, they're going to keep that clock moving. They're not in any hurry. You know, up two scores right now. 
first and ten for Calvert from their own 36 yard line. 335 left to go. Third quarter. Trips right side. Schultz handing it off. That'll be Warnament with the carry. They'll try and drag some defenders. He'll do just that. Gibsonburg saying they got the ball. And they, in fact, will get a fumble that time as Warnament will lose the handle. So Gibsonburg will take over in Calvert territory. Wow, what a turn of events. Warnament was just carrying. Gibsonburg defenders, but that's the problem when you get wrapped up and you keep running. Um, you know, someone can come in there and punch it out. There were so many people in there, it was hard to see, but right away Gibsonburg saw it and was jumped on it, and just a great turn of events for Gibsonburg, you know, with great field position at the 42-yard line. We'll see Gibsonburg take over now in Calvert territory at the 42, 325 left to go third quarter. Calvert the 35-19 advantage. Two backs will go behind Mooney. He'll go under center. He'll hand it off, it'll be on the right side, that'll be Wagaman. So he'll go down as he's able to gain some yards as he'll get out to, looks like about the 43 for a gain of about five. Interesting game, Lance, honestly, because I felt like at one point we were maybe looking at a running clock situation, and now we hear, here we are for Gibsonburg having a chance to cut this to a one-score game. I mean, a credit to Gibsonburg and, and their coaching staff and their players, they're not giving up. They're fighting for every, every inch they can get here. I mean, that's just what they needed was that turnover, and now, they seem like they got they got things rolling offensively as well. Second down and four for Gibsonburg. So they'll do a delayed handoff, give it to Morant. He had that touchdown on the last drive and won't be able to score this time, but does get plenty for another Gibsonburg first down as we get under three minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, Morant hasn't got the ball much, but man, when he's gotten it, he looks like a really nice runner. I think that's only the second carry he's had, had tonight, but the six foot sophomore, 160 pounds, he really knows what to do with it, giving the ball. The line did a great job of Gibsonburg opening it up, just an off-tackle run, nothing nothing fancy about it. First and 10 for Gibsonburg, ball on the Calvert 28-yard line. Mooney delaying handoff again to Morant. This time, though, Calvert all over, and he'll end up losing a yard. Yeah, I mean, Gibsonburg coach liked that play so much, he called it two times in a row. This time, um, Calvert defense was having nothing of that, just right in there in the backfield. They lost the yard, I believe. So it'll be second down and 11 as we'll get under two minutes to go by the time this next play will be snapped. Second down and 11 from the Calvert, 29 for Gibsonburg. Back behind Mooney, tight ends on either side. They'll send one in motion to the right as they'll hand it to that tight end that went in motion. They'll end up losing some more yards. So they handed that one to Cole Owens and the captain will end up losing a couple more yards and make it third and long for the Golden Bears. Yeah, DeMoss just came right up. Man, the DBs for Calvert are just very impressive. When they come up and tackle, they get the they get the guy in the open field and they get him down. I mean, they go straight down. They're not like spinning around or, or waiting for some other bigger. They, they, they have done a great job of open field tackles. As the guy who had the ball for Gibsonburg, Cole Owens was slow to get up, was hobbling, and then ends up just popping down in the middle of the field with an injury with 138 left to go third quarter, 35-19. Currently your score, Calvert with the lead, but Gibsonburg is refusing to fade away so far. Yeah, I mean, Gibsonburg can't handle another another injury. They're already such a young team to lose Cole Owens right they say now. They lost, they lost Grant great. Smith on the yeah. first drive of the game, and he had been kind of the guy that had been getting most of their carries. And, you know, they've gone to, you know, more running back by committee. We've seen Wallaby, Wagaman, Morant and now Owens all getting carries along with Salazar too. Yeah, with these with these D7 football teams, I mean, you look over there, there's probably only like, what, 12 to 15 players on that sideline to begin with that's not in the game. So 
you know, at some point, you know, you you got to keep your guys healthy. I know it's he's he's got some walking here. I hopefully it's just a twist and ankle and they can get him back in there. But um, hard to tell what what happened there. But great great open field tackle. They tried to jet sweep. Now they're on a third and thirteen. Not the situation Gibsonburg likes to be in with that wing T offense. But see what they can dial up. So it'll be third and 14 for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 31, 138 remaining third quarter. Calvert the 35 to 19 advantage. Mooney under center. Ended up handing it to Morant as they get it to him on the left side. He's going to get some yards back, but still gonna bring up a fourth down for Gibsonburg. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't come back to that, that boot or waggle, try to get the quarterback on the outside, try to get in the flats. That seemed to, to have been there both times and they've ran it. I would like to see them try to pick up five or six here, but now they're looking at a fourth and long after they've captured momentum here at the 30 yard line. They can't punt, they can't kick a field goal, so they're kind of in no man's land here. They gotta go for it. I don't know what they got for a fourth and 12 play. See exactly what Gimsonberg will draw up here is get under a minute to go now as the clock is continuing to run here in the third quarter. Sort of spread things out a little bit as they end up uh, do a delayed handoff. They're going to go for the play action pass. That's going to be hauled in for a grab as they go. A little Philly special type play. Gibsonburg adds on to their score. So cut into the lead. Yeah, what, what an athlete. What a catch by Morant. They, they, they hand it to him. They fake it. The quarterback ran up the right sideline. That's who I had my eyes on, but he threw it back to the left side for Morant. He made the right decision, just threw it up in the air. Morant did a great job, jumped right in front of the DB at the highest point, caught it in for a touchdown. Like I said, fourth and 12, no problem for Gibsonburg, Lance. You are doing so much revisionist history. <laughs> oh, man, You, great, you do know these call. games get recorded. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying that. You've got to get them on the website, yes. And, and they are. Oh, okay, good. i got to take some notes, Lance. Okay? i got to make sure I'm, I'm getting better every week, okay? Gibsonburg will go for two. As they'll end up getting stopped as scorer be now 35-25. So just a 10-point lead now for Calvert. We're down to 44 seconds remaining here in the third quarter. I mean, the excitement of that touchdown for Gibsonburg, but they really needed that two-point conversion to make it a one-score game. Now they're looking at two scores here. And the way that everyone's been kicking the ball tonight, they need two touchdowns from what I've seen. But... They really need that two-point conversion and just did not capitalize there. Kind of, It kind of takes a little momentum away, but they still got the six points nonetheless. But uh, let's see if Calvert can respond here. Like a great game so far. It's a really good one in three Gibsonburg team. That they look like they're well coached. They got they can just keep plugging in anyone, in, any athlete in here, any running back in, and they've done a nice job. The front line's done a good job. It's just been an all-around great game so far tonight. I, I would expect a squib kick here, Lance. I, would I was gonna say, I feel like they've, they, when they haven't squib kicked it, we, granted there was a penalty, but we saw Klaus take it <laughs> yeah. for 80 sub yards for a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, even if Calvert really liked their special teams, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, I'd, I'd like to see these second line crews just let it bounce to the guy in the back so they can get up there and block for him. But they, they I mean, you kind of just get it, I guess, and, and get down on it and just gotta go play offense. The way Calvert's been playing, I mean, that was an uncharacteristic fumble. I mean. I still like Calvert offensively. I think they're they're going to be able to respond here on this possession. But I mean, Gibsonburg. I mean, if they can create another turnover, and, and they kind of got the momentum here. 
Getting set for another Harold Florian Funeral Home Kick. 44 seconds remain here in the third quarter. They will kick it away. It will, in fact, be a squib kick. So we'll bounce all the way to Billy Klaus as he'll have it at about the 20. So try and run through a defender before he'll be brought down. Looks like he got to about the 29. So they, I don't know if they didn't really mean to do that, but it did end up taking a bounce all the way to the back line for Klaus. Yeah, I thought Klaus was going to try to see if it was going to go out of bounds like we saw earlier, but he didn't. Wise decision by him. Just get the ball, get the, get your offense on the field. I would look for Rombach to touch the ball a couple times this series. It feels like he hasn't touched the ball in a while, and that's, I mean, he's one of their, their best playmakers, and they really got to do uh, they, I look for him to come to that sweep to him. It seems like it was an unstoppable play so far. Calvert almost, they almost look like they're confused just because of the formation that they have. Uh, they're waiting on the chains, I think. Yeah, I don't know. They're not getting set. I'm not quite sure what's going on. I was going to say the chain gang looks like they're ready. No, they're a yard forward, it looks like, and they're going to, the rest are trying to pull them back. Oh, they're tangled okay, up. That, they so might that, oh, that would, that would explain the okay. uh, hesitation from okay. Calvert. Calvert doesn't want to show their formation too soon. <laughs> Apparently. But Calvert looks like they're in the, the, the set. I think it's been super successful with two backs at the back in that pistol formation. I would look for a sweep to the left here to, to Romback is really what I would like to see. It'll be first and 10 for Calvert from their own 29. I think I was gonna say they're still still messing with the chains a little bit. They're trying to get it back to the 29. They had it on the 30, so now they got it. So now we are just about ready. As Schultz will be on the gun with a couple running backs. They will in fact run a pitch to Romback wow. on the left side as he's wow. going to get to the edge. It will get away from one defender and then finally going to be spun down as he gets out to about the 42. So gain of about 13 that time for Romback. Plenty for a first down and. I, I hadn't uh, had a reason to, but Jimmy, you, could, you definitely run with that one. Called exactly what they were going to do. Well, if you're calling plays, you're marking those like, hey, we're getting 10 yards a chunk. You, you don't forget that if you're a play caller. I mean, that's almost like a Chico. You want to age myself again. It's like it's like playing Tech Mobile on Nintendo. When they, guess, when they guess the play, you can still jig jog your way out of it. I mean, that, that's pretty much what Romback's doing. Hey, give it to me no matter what, because he had nowhere to go, and he still got 12 yards. First and 10 from the 42 for Calvin as we get under 30 seconds to go here in the third quarter. Schultz will drop back, he'll look to throw. He's looking for it all for Schumacher. As that is gonna be incomplete. If anything, that was gonna be picked because Morant was right there with Schumacher. Schumacher did a good job of playing defensive back right there. Morant, Morant had it, I thought he had it in his, and just a great breakup by Schumacher. They're really trying to go for it. I think maybe Tiffin's outsmarting themselves a little bit. I think they just need to run the ball with Romback, but Hey, they, they saw something they have. I mean, man, I have been super impressed by Morant here. He's making plays on both sides of the ball. Number 32, the sophomore for Gibsonburg, has been uh, spectacular. The second down and 10 for Calvert from their own 42. Two receivers left, one to the right. Couple backs in there with Schultz in the pistol. He'll take it, he'll hand it to Warnament this time. He's able to get out to, looks like about the 46, so gaining about four as they are not afraid to give it back to Warnament after fumbling on that last drive. Yeah, it was one of those odd plays. You just in high school football, you just gotta you're gonna have those mistakes. You just gotta rebound from him and he's got he's gotta take better care of it. When you're in the middle of the field, you gotta keep two hands on him with all those people around. Especially as hard as those two running backs are running, they're not going down by one hit, you know. So they really gotta keep both hands on it. So going to the fourth quarter here. 
seconds. We will in fact set aside for a quick timeout and get your fours up as we'll come back for the start of the fourth quarter. 35-25, your score counted the lead over Gibsonburg. You're listening to high school football and classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. Premier Bank has that good vibe banking. Visit a branch to learn how you can earn $200 by opening a new simple checking account and completing simple transactions. Visit yourpremierbank.com slash good vibes to view offer details. Member FDIC. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. We are to start the fourth quarter of action here from Frost Cow now Stadium. 35-25, your score. Calvert, the lead over Gibsonburg. Lance Morris, Jimmy Nixon with you on Classic Hits. 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com. We'll third down and six for Calvert. So he'll be in the pistol. They'll hand it on the right side. That'll be Romback. He's going to get a first down. He's going to get some more as he's still up and moving. Cuts it back the other way. And it is a foot race to the end zone. Touchdown. Jacob Romback adds on to the lead for Calvert. Yeah, great play call by Calvert. They went into the break. That's a time as a coach you can get, get people right where you want them. You want to make a little adjustment, it's easy to talk to your whole team about it. They had the, the fullback on the left side. The quarterback, he motioned back to the right side. They had been running that toss to the left side, so that's where Gibsonburg was probably stacked up. And they motioned their fullback to the right side, toss it to the right, and, man, he's almost picking on that free safety for Gibsonburg because he has no chance in the open field with uh, a runner like Romback. He is a special running back. Calvert getting set for the PAC once again. Lucius back there for the PAT try. So the kick is up, and this time it will be up and good. Makes it 42-25. Calvert will add on to their lead on another touchdown by Jacob Romback. Lance Morris alongside Jimmy Nickerson here with you on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com. And again, Jimmy, we're calling for give Ron back the ball. Good things will happen. That's that's what we saw on that drive. He just runs hard, too. And th that second line has no chance for Gibson, but they're not. I mean, he's such a big running back. He's intimidating. Sometimes, you know, you forget how small some of those free safeties are when you got Ron back coming at you. That six foot four. What is he at? Like 190, I believe, um, as well. So, I mean, they're just almost getting out of his way. He's running so hard. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, great run, great play call. Yeah, 6'4", 182. So, yeah, some of those DBs are just avoiding him, but good play call, good good answer. And they really needed to get something going. I mean, like I said, we, we talked in the break there, that interception by Morant, I mean, he gets that. Then Gibsonburg's got a chance to go down and cut this lead. Um, but, hey, that didn't happen. Incomplete, and then Tiffin goes down and scores. So, I mean, that extra point was huge, too. It made it a three-score game. If they missed that, it would have been 16. Now it's 17. So now they got to score three times. It seems like a tall task for Gibson with only 11:48 left in the game. I mean, you, you can't uh, you can't talk about Calvert without uh, just the success of some of their athletes. As it'll be a short held for and a funeral kick and returnable for Gibsonburg as they'll get a nice little chunky yard to get on to about the 47. So they'll get some good field position to start off this drive as we just have 11:43 remaining. This one 42-25 is your score. I mean, Jacob Roundback, he's a three-sport star. Obviously, of course, he's doing it football. Starter on the basketball team. He's made it to state the last few years in track. I mean, Harry Schultz, 
three-sport guy as well, football, basketball, baseball. The Calvert baseball team made it to the state Final Four. So you just look at what the, the linchpins of this Calvert team are, and their guys that are all across the field in whatever sport they're playing. I, I can believe it because, I mean, he looks like a the best athlete on the field tonight. That's for sure, Rombach does. I mean, like I said, and Schultz has had a, a nice game tonight. I know maybe he's not going to have the passing yards he, he'd like, but he's played a, a great game just controlling the offense and put people in the right places. First and ten for Gibsonberg, though, handed right side for Wegeman, and not much doing. Looks like he'll end up losing a yard when it's all said and done. Yeah, just a host of Tim and Calvert defenders there. Like, nowhere to go. Looks like Gibsonberg, in fact, losing a yard, bring up second down and 11. They do still have good field position as they're at their own side of midfield at the 46. Yeah, it's almost like Gibson's got to come back to a trick play or, or a play action. They really got to start pushing the ball down the field. They can't do this three or four yards at a time. They really got to get a big play here to try, to try if they want to try to you know get back into this game. Second down and 11 for Gibsonburg. Still end up throwing. They'll throw it on the far side for Wegeman. He'll be hit pretty quickly. It looks like he actually walks the ball. Don't know if it stayed. And they say Gibsonburg either still had it or it ended up going out of bounds. It was all the way on the far sideline right in front of the Gibsonburg sideline. But regardless, it was a nice catch, but an even better hit, too. I think that was Klaus that came up to rock him. No wrap-up necessary when you're bringing the pain like that. These DBs for Calvert, I mean, they're almost like linebackers the way they're hitting tonight. Um, impressive hit. I, it must have went out of bounds. It was a, the far side for us was hard for us to tell, but it must have creeped out of bounds, or maybe when they went to recover, they were, had a foot on the out of bounds. Got to have full possession in bounds to, to change the possession. Third down and six for Gibsonburg as they get into Calvert territory at the 49. So hand it off left side dive play. So they get a little bit of room, but not going to be enough for a first as they're going to get stopped right before the 45. So we'll see exactly what Gibsonburg will look to do here with a fourth and short coming up. Yeah, they got to go for it here. I would look for them to do a little boot, try to get out in the flats because they're still in that 6-1, Calvert is. So the flats are open. They're giving you that. They're keeping everything in front, and their DBs are doing such a good job of comp and tackling that uh, Gibsonburg hasn't made them pay. That's what, that's what I would look for here, try to get the quarterback outside the pocket. It'll be fourth and two for Gibsonburg as they'll go for it in Calvert territory at the 45. Receiver left, a couple backs behind him. Ernie, he'll roll to his left. He'll look to throw as that one's going to be caught by Wegeman as he's able to get out to, it looks like, about the 39. That'll be plenty for a Gibsonburg first down and 9.44 left to go. Yeah, good job by the quarterback, Mooney. It was the boot out to the left side. They faked that, that power, booted out, and they just got out to the flats. It's there all day if they want to keep doing it. Good job by Mooney of getting his hips turned. It's kind of hard for a right-handed quarterback to roll left, but he, he's see, Even though they, they've ran that play a handful of times now. Yeah. That's what they need. They, they probably need to come and do this on first down as well. They got. They really got to get get moving. They got to pick up this tempo. First and ten for Gibsonburg from the 39. So hand it off on the little end around. That'll be Wallaby with it. So he's going to be right around the first down marker as he's going to get stopped to the 30 for a gain of nine. Yeah, another freshman for Gibsonburg. It's a nice, nice made 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 the Tiffin defender actually miss and the DBs for. Calvert have been coming up and making tackles, but he actually made a miss, got a nice nine-yard pickup on that jet sweep. They just motioned him and handed it to him right away on the on the sweep. Second down and one for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 39. 8 to 45 left to go, 42-25. Your score, Calvert, the lead. Gibsonburg, though, with possession. 
Mahoney, they'll hand it off, left side dive, going straight up the middle, first down and some more as they get out to the 25 for a gain of five. Yep, I think Shippers just does, they just do what they do. They're not gonna do it in a hurry. They're gonna rely on, you know, maybe a turnover. They're, they're, they're grinding this clock down, but I just keep looking over it. 8.30 left and they're down, you know, three scores. They gotta have some more urgency in my opinion, or maybe some no huddle or, or something like that. But they're still huddling, they're still taking their time, but they're doing a good job offensively, but the clock's gonna run out on them, sadly. First and 10 now for Gibsonburg from the Calvert 25. We'll send a man in motion now to the right side. Calvert shift over the D-line. So hand it off, another dive right side. Not much doing, looks like they'll gain a yard or two. Yeah, they're using all 40 seconds of that play clock. I mean, that's my concern. But that's what you do when you typically want to chew the clock yes. rather than when you're trying to hurry up and get some that's offense a, going. They are doing exactly that, chewing up the play clock when getting a one-yard gain. That's it. So I, I would like to see him do that boot here on first or second down, see if they can get somebody out, out in the open space and see if someone can make a play out there for him. Second down and nine for Gibsonburg from the Calvert, 24. Seven and a half minutes left to go here, fourth quarter of action. They'll hand it off, left side dive. Again, not too much doing, they'll get another two yards. Yeah, even if they can, even if they can move Moran out and throw him a go, or maybe come back to that counter, that reverse counter, it'll be a play, they need to make a big play here with only seven, almost seven minutes left in this game. But nothing going, that's, that's uh, they're taking all 40 seconds on the first and second down and they've gotten two yards. Not ideal if you're a Gibsonburg fan. Third and five, coming up here for Gibsonburg. So we're under seven minutes left to go in this one, 42-25 to score. Calvert the lead, Gibsonburg is going with the ball. It's Moranter, they're gonna roll and find Moran on the far side. He's going to be thrown down right around the marker, see if they get the spot. And as they will, they'll have just enough for a first down with 6.46 to go. And they got him out of bounds, I believe. I know they stopped him for the change, but I think he's out of bounds as well. It's that same boot. They, they got it every time. They can fake it and they get it out to the flats, but they do it. Klaus does such a nice job of coming out and making the tackle, but it's there for five to six yards every time. It's better than running it up the middle in this point in the game, I believe. First and 10 now for Gibsonburg from the 15 of Calvert. So send him into motion over to the right side. They'll hand it off, delayed handoff right side for Walby. He's gonna get stopped down pretty quickly. He'll, looks like he'll be stopped for a no game. Yeah, they're lining up in a position. I don't know if they're running away from a guy for Calvert. You know, a lot of times coaches will do that. They have a stud defensive end on there. You'll rotate that tight end from one side to the other. But the problem is the clock is ticking, ticking, ticking. They're moving all the way. They're not just getting up there and snapping it, which I feel like they need to with only 6.22 left in this game, down three possessions. Second down and 10 coming up for Gibsonburg. On the Calvert 15, down to 6.10 left to go. 42.25 to score, Calvert the advantage. They'll delay, they'll run to the left. Mooney still trying to bide some time as they'll try and scramble. He'll get brought down. He's gonna get brought down. So that's a big stop for Calvert. Yeah, and inbounds too. The clock, the ref's winding that. He didn't He didn't get out of bounds. I thought he should maybe try to throw it up, see if someone will make a play for you in this situation, but he didn't, didn't feel comfortable. That's another one where the quarterback's rolling left to get his hips turned with someone chasing him is a difficult pass to ask. Uh, of Mooney at that position, but I would have liked to see him throw it out the back of the end zone or throw it up to somebody to try to make a play in this situation, but didn't happen. Third and long here for Gibsonburg when we come back. 
Harrisburg did take a timeout here with 5.49 left to go on this one. 42.25 the score. Timeouts are brought to you tonight by Rotorer. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. Away go troubles down the drain. Lance Moore, Jimmy Nixon here with you in Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. And you were kind of calling for them to run that little boot. They did that time, but just weren't able to get anything going on it. Yeah, yeah credit to Calvert. They had everybody covered. I looked, and there was not... There was no one open on down the field either. I thought maybe he could have squeezed it into the tight end, dragging over the middle, but he didn't feel comfortable with that guy. With Calvert had someone coming at him, and he just didn't feel comfortable getting his hips turned and throwing that. I would like to maybe see him make that defender miss to buy a little bit more time, but he thought he could get to the outside and great open field tackle by Calvert defender. So be third down and ten now for Gibsonburg. Yes, I, I'd like to see him try to come back to that counter here, see if that can open up. But it's hard to do those counter things with six-man front. He'll go under center. He'll end up going for the option play this time, but Morant's going to be stopped. Cal Warneman on the scene first that time for Calvert as they'll end up losing about six. Yeah, they faked that dive and ran the option. We have not seen the option all night from Gibsonburg. I like them trying to get it to Morant there, but loss of five, great job by Calvert of pursuing the football. Looks like they're kicking a field goal here. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I was they thinking. They have a 38 it, well, yard field they goal. They down a, three scores. They also haven't kicked a field goal all year. This is their first uh, actual field goal try. Went from I mean, I guess just see if you can yeah. just see if you have any range, even though they've struggled on PATs. The kick is there, and it might have been blocked. Either way, it's going to die in the end zone. So. That will, in fact, be a no-good field goal with 5.03 left to go in this one as Calvert will get their offense back on the field. Yeah, I don't think that was blocked, but maybe. It's just like that ball never got off the ground. Sometimes when a kicker's really trying to get that extra yardage, you try to kick it extra hard, and it doesn't get off the ground very well, and uh, that was the case that time from my vantage point. But like you said, it could have been blocked. It happened pretty quick. Didn't get off the air, but five, six feet off the ground. So they take over at the 20, huh? So they move them back. Okay. So it's like a touchback. Every kick is a normal kick in high school. It's a punt or a kick. It's a kick. It's a kick. So not like college and pros where you take it over at the spot. It's a touchback. Calvert will take over. First and 10 from the 20. So they'll hand it off. Looks like the run back will be stood up right around the 26 or so as they'll be able to gain six, even though didn't look like a hole really developed because Gibsonburg was able to close in, but just able to keep his feet moving to get some yardage out of it. Was that Rombach? That, that's, it's hard to tell sometimes when they both have it. But yeah, that might have been Warnament, but they both just, they're such hard runners. They make create their own hole, and they're really hard to bring down for this Gibsonburg defense. I, I, I look for Calvert to really just run this clock out here, get a couple first downs, and, and get out of here with the win. Second down and four for Calvert. Ball on their own 26-yard line. Two receivers right, one to the left. Pistol look in the gun with Harry Schultz. So end up handing it to Warnament this time. He'll cut it back to the outside. He'll cut it upfield, and he's got a lot of room to work with. He'll get into Gibsonburg territory, and he'll get tripped up right at about the 40-yard line as that's another big run for Warnament for another first down. 
Yeah, just an off-tackle run. He bounced to the outside at the left side. I thought he was about ready to compliment him. I was like, what a smart football player by getting down, but it sounds like he's out of bounds. I thought he, I thought he just dove down to keep that clock running, but I, the, I the, think the, the he called it out of bounds. I think he either got tripped up. Oh, there must be, is there a flag? Yeah, they're calling, yeah, they're calling a, a flag on Calvert. Again, another flag that was, it must have been late, because I didn't even almost see it I didn't when the see play it. was developing. Like I, said, I still didn't see it, but uh, maybe they called out on the outside receiver late, but. Well. Either way, can we start calling these penalties a little quicker? <laughs> like, come on. I agree with you. No disrespect. We, but we come on. seen that. But we need, we need these plays. You can't be calling it by the time the play's already 40 yards down the field. Lance, how do you have me defending the referees? That's what I want to know. I, of all the people, I would have thought I would be the one to have to defend I, the referees. I, it's just, it's not that they're calling them wrong, but they're just calling it so late, it seems. Is Schultz going to drop back? Look, to throw now on second down and nine. All the time in the world. So he throws it across the middle. That's going to be brought in by John Schumacher. So he's going to run through a defender before he gets brought down at about the 38. Yeah, they didn't lose any yards on that holding, so they had to call that on the outside receiver or something late. But, um... Yeah, I bet the Gibsonburg fans would agree with you on these late flags. I'm sure they're on your side on this one, Lance. But, yeah, hey, I mean, at this point, I mean, they, Calvert pretty much has his game wrapped up. They're working on their offense. They're working on getting better. They're working on throwing. So, surprising to me, but, hey, nonetheless, they, you don't, you only get 10 of them here. So, they're, they're going to play till the end. Well, and it's, it's, if you're Calvert, you know, even if you do give Gibsonburg at the ball, they maybe score once. Yeah, they got to score three times. So, yeah, it, this game is... So it'll be first and 10 again for Calvert as they'll delay handoff. Looks like it's Godfrey this time. He'll get it past midfield before he's brought down and he'll get out to about the 48. Yeah, nice run. Don't know, no matter who they got in there. God, Godfrey had a nice uh, play earlier on the kick return. He hasn't touched the ball all game, but it looks like they, they, you know, maybe they got Rombach out and, and Warneman out as well. I think they've they've done enough. Um, to say, I probably Warn wouldn't Warn get the ball back anymore. Warnerman's on the sideline. I would looking to see if Rombach is now. Rombach's still out there. I would he's say. he's out there as a receiver on the far side in the slot. Is he? I, I wouldn't. I would look to get some subs in if I was coaching Calvert. We're down to 2:50 left to go. 42-25. Your score. Calvert now into Gibsonburg territory at the 48. Schultz will hand it off to Godfrey once again. So go for and he'll end up getting stopped after about a gain of one. Yeah, just up the middle run, tried to pull the, the guard tackle, but Gibsonburg closed down on that right away. Gain of one, but hey, no no harm done there for Calvert. You just want to see that clock keep moving. They'll take one or two yards, and that'll, that'll take them home here. They don't really need to do too much offensively here with only 2.20 left in the game. Second down and eight for Calvert from the Gibsonburg 47. Two receivers out each side. We make offset slightly behind Schultz in the shotgun. And Schultz now will take it. He'll look to throw once again as he'll look to the nearest side. That's going to be hauled in by Schumacher. Almost looked like Wolf was preparing for a possible throwback that time as they were able to get right around the first down marker down at about the 39. Yeah, they're still slinging around. Good job by Schumacher getting up the field. And those little hitches, I like it when the receiver turns up field and, and tries to get what he can, try, trying to move the chains there. I think they're, well, they're about two yards from sealing this, getting a victory formation if they get this first down. Third down and one for Calvert and Gibsburg territory at the 39, down to 90 seconds remaining in this one. See two receivers out to each side. Godfrey in to the right side of Schultz on the gun. 
And Schultz is taking all the time down the world as he's waiting for the playcock to drop to three before he snaps it as he'll end up keeping it himself. He'll get a little bit of a block as he gets the first down and a little bit more. He's able to get just past the 35 to about the 34, plenty for the Calvert first down. Yeah, Schultz putting his shoulder down too. Um, really finishing that run. Gibsonburg does have two timeouts, but I, I don't know if they'll take him here. I would expect a victory formation and uh, a kneel down, but I don't know the way this Calvert, they're still slinging the ball around. They're still running. They're, they're going for it all. So it looks like Coach Reeser will, in fact, now go into victory formation. They'll only have to snap it one or two more times after this. So they'll snap it. Schultz will drop down to a knee. So they'll have to, I think, do that just one more time, maybe, depending on when they start the play clock. So I think they'll have to do it just one more time as there's a few seconds between the game clock and the play clock. Welcome to 21st century, Lance, where you go victory formation, you still shotgun snap it. You can't get your <laughs> hands under there and just kneel it. Feels like there's got to be a little bit more variance of uh, difficulty there, but I guess it's got guys and, around and, and you got to know that, And you got to know that you're going to get it off because you lose five yards when you do that. Yeah. I guess I'm just old school. I, I'm really aging myself with my Sega and Nintendo references, and I want to be under center. I just, you know, I'm old school. But, I mean, great win for Calvert. Great SBC matchup. I mean, my first time watching this conference, I was super impressed. Both teams, like I said, that's a good Gibsonburg team for falling to one and four. I really was impressed the way they battled. They look well coached. I mean, like I said, all the freshmen they have, all their playmakers seem to be underclassmen. They got a bright future nonetheless, and hopefully they can stay positive. And I don't know how, how many wins they got left on their schedule over there. I'm sure they can circle some and, and look at some tough competitors that way. But it seems like Calvert is, you know, top of the league here with Hopewell Loudon, so I mean, well fought game by Gibsonburg. This one does hit triple zeros. Calvert will come away with the win 42-25 as they will get to 5-0 with a win tonight over Gibsonburg. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick timeout. Then come back, wrap this one up here from Frost Cadenow Stadium in 7. You're listening to high school football from Classic Kids 96.7 WBBI. Our job since 1945 has been to keep our customers satisfied. Ohio Automotive has experienced staff and sales associates who can help you with our wide range and variety of parts for everything from cars to Class 8 trucks and trailers. Make us your one-stop shop and see why we've been in business so long. Ohio Automotive, your parts expert in Finley at 525 West Main Cross Street. For over 100 years, iron workers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are iron worker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Iron Workers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a 25 cent shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. 
making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if Auto Owners makes sense for you. Great news, Fostoria. The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley Streets is now open. This watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to purchase pure water. You can also use the watershed off of Plaza Drive. Both watersheds are open 24-7 every day of the year. So grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you. For more info, go to nwwsd.org. We are here from Frost County Stadium here in Tiffin to wrap this one up. 42-25, your final. Calvert will get the win here tonight over Gibson Lance Morris alongside Jim Nixon for this one on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com. And we kind of talked about it at uh, different points, but, you know, early on, looks like Calvert might be able to kind of pull away really early on in this one, maybe even get it into a running clock scenario, but then, Thanks in part to a touchdown by Gibsonburg right before the before the uh, halftime, and then you know a couple of plays from Morant. You got that Philly special as well that he brought in. They were able to get it to a 10-point game, but then after that, Calvert was able to get that big touchdown run from Jacob Romback to start off the fourth quarter, hold things down after that. Yeah, like you said, it was 35-25. They, they scored on that little. They had a chance to go for two when Morant caught that touchdown to, to pull within one. Kind of lost the sales, and then Calvert just. Gave it to Romback and he did the rest. Like I said, he was uh, he was everywhere tonight. You know, punting, intercepting, running the ball. Just I mean, the only thing he didn't do was uh, play quarterback tonight. So it, great game for him. Big big win for Calvert again. 42-25 was the final. And I mean, you you again kept, you kind of kept calling for them run the ball, run the ball, and that ended up being what really helped them close out the game. Yeah, it seemed like they were passing just to work on it to keep everybody honest. It really seems like they could just ran it every time. Really, I mean, really, it was it really what it was tonight was a Calvert was a much better team, more skilled team, bigger, stronger, faster team. When you're looking at the, all their skilled players are seniors, you know, except for uh, Warren, it's a junior. But you're looking at their three, three or four main playmakers are seniors against uh, Gibsonburgs, you know, out there playing freshmen, freshmen, sophomore, sophomore, freshmen. So I mean, the future's bright for Gibsonburg. They hung in there and battled. They both were well coached tonight. I really was impressed with Calvert. They, there never seemed to be any confusion. Everyone knew exactly what they were doing at all times. Just two well coached teams, but I just don't think Gibsonburg had the horses tonight to to really challenge Calvert in the way to really come out with a win. They they did fight. Um, credit to them, but just a little bit outman tonight. And another, I mean, we we talked about it a handful of times as well. But you know, all credit to Gibsonburg. Didn't didn't stop fighting had a handful of injuries. I mean, their lead running back, Grant Smith, went out with an injury early on in the game. And even with that, they were able to kind of mix some things up enough to be able to get some big points. So obviously we talked about the kind of Philly special they used to get a score. But, I mean, like you said, future very bright, even if this year it's not going to be a whole lot of wins. Yeah, well, hopefully Smith gets back for them. Because he looked like he was running the ball really hard and freshman running back. I, mean, I don't think he ever played after that. That was like one of the first possessions, you know, and then another freshman as well with with Warby, Walby, Walby as well. And then Morant's only a sophomore. You look out, they got the receivers a freshman, their center's a freshman. So like I said, the, the future's bright. Their quarterback's a junior, so he'll be back next year. So 
like I said, there's not really much to be down about if you're a Gibsonburg fan. I mean, besides, you know, falling to one and four. But, I mean, when those guys can stick together and those are some trying times here. I mean, it's a difference when you're 15 years old and 18 years old. Now, let's just call it as it is, you know, when you're a grown man or you're a kid that can't even drive a car yet. So, I mean, that, that was really the difference. And you could see that in the secondary. I think Gibsonburg had young kids in the secondary that were not able to bring down those excellent running backs for Calvert. And it just it goes back to the really versatility you have for this caliber team because they can just run the ball down your throats when they want to, and it wasn't as effective tonight, but they can spread things out in the passing game. You know, they have those three, four wide sets a lot as well, and when you're able to do both as well as caliber can, even in an off game in one aspect, you still get 42 points on the board. Yeah, I mean, that was the difference. I mean, Gibsonburg couldn't couldn't go to the pass game. They couldn't spread them out. Their spread out was just put another H back there and still having one receiver. They didn't really have a spread offense to really try to push the ball down the field. But I mean, that, that they're a type of team that can't get down by two or three touchdowns if they want to stay in those games. And I mean, they stuck with what they did. I mean, but really, they just didn't have another d dimension to their offense. And credit to Calvert's really offensive getting up and able to score and put that pressure on Gibsonburg. And now we have to award our Frickers player of the game. And do have a handful of candidates. Uh, John Schumacher had a nice game. He didn't have a touchdown run, had some big plays on the defensive side. Warnament uh, already has won our player of the game, but he himself had a few touchdown runs as well. Billy Klaus had a touchdown. He also had a kick return that got called back. But Jacob Rombach will be our player of the game. He had a couple touchdowns, had an interception in the first half as well. Did some good things when he did have to punt the ball was able to kind of do it in all aspects of the game. So because of that, he's going to be our player of the game tonight. Now, you love punters, that's for sure. You want to talk about Rombach's punting after all the things he did. You know, I was like, he can I, sweep I can, the floor, mop the floor, drive the bus, I, and run the ball. And you want to talk about his punting. So it's, it's again, it's kind of Matt's fault. Because <laughs> there was one day where I, like, said he didn't have an amazing punt, but it was still, like, by most standards, pretty good. And so because of that, I feel the need to make sure to point out when especially he has good punts. So blame Matt is the final, that's the answer. Really, I mean, like I said, just to, just to put a bow on this, I mean, Calvert was just a complete team. They really were. I mean, Schultz, I mean, you could make an argument. I mean, the way he commanded the offense and got everyone where they needed to, and he ran the ball hard, too, had some really nice passes, some that got dropped. I mean, I don't think his stats are going to be up there, but he had a phenomenal game, too. I mean, really just a complete football team for Calvert. I mean, impressive. Um, starting starting the season with 5-0, and right? Um, so re really great start for them and uh, great energy from night, great energy from the uh, sidelines and just well-coached team, um, really impressed. So that'll just about do it for us again. Our player of the game will be Jacob Rombach. You can, of course, pick up from the carrier window, dine in, get delivery through DoorDash, download the Frickers app, find them online at frickers.com, and he will receive some fun bucks to spend at Frickers. Thank you for listening to High School Football on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. A big thank you as well to our producer for tonight, pushing all the buttons back at the studio. Trayvon Hastings doing, of course, the Lord's work. Former broadcast partner Jimmy Nicholson, this is Lance Morris signing off from Tiffin. Our final score, Calvert getting the win at 42 to 25 over Gibsonburg. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. What time is it? Sadly, we're out of time. Yes, you've been listening to High School Football. Right here on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and online at WBVI.com. And it's been brought to you by Frickers, Warner Automotive, Blanchard Valley Health System, by Rotor Rooter, Bigby Coffee, 
Iron Workers Local 55. By Harold Floriana Funeral Hall. Northwestern Water and Sewer District. Wilson Tire. By Grit. MJ Brown Construction Company. Premier Bank. By Campus Poly Eyes. Financial Design Insurance Agency. Snyder's Flooring Outlet. By Ohio Automotive Supply. Seneca Millwork. And by the Ropey Corporation. Anyway, one last item of business before we go. Join us again next time for another great matchup of high school football. A production of TCB Holdings Incorporated.